So um, we're going to discuss a couple things here and a couple announcements. And I wanted to kind of cover this uh, protesting, this trucker thing, right? Uh, I did speak with Mike on the phone yesterday for, for, like I said, all of about five minutes. Um, And then I found out the word confused ended up uh, triggering Mike. Um, And then he got all, uh, I guess, hurt feelings, had some type of... um, you know, maybe a hissy fit type thing, like a child at a store kicking and screaming, um, and then hung up on me and basically said, you know, F you, F your show, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, and and the only actual, you know, word I, I used that seemed to trigger him uh, was the fact, was the word confused. I think you're confused. Uh, even to the fact that he basically said, um, I, I think because of the color of my skin that uh i am uh more intelligent than him i i'm i'm here to say i'm here to say and prove it has nothing to do with that but i am more intelligent uh but i i i was actually shocked that that's the road he went down instantly within a 5 minute phone call uh in regards to that so i did think that was kind of interesting but i do want to cover this um real quick maybe probably not real quick but i will say a couple things so um if you are here, hang on. Um, if you are here, this um, this is probably going to be the last video I put up on this channel. Um, I'm doing some other stuff with other channels, and I've kind of grown a little bit. To be honest, I don't. I'm not really bored. Maybe tired um, of the whole of this whole thing. Basically, right. Um, now I still am offering, like I said, if you guys are looking for factoring, I still got a great factoring deal. One of the best factoring deals out there for carriers and brokerage. Make sure you set it up right. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but it's the same repetitive, basically conversation over the same repetitive type things. And it, it doesn't seem to be progressing anywhere, um, in a lot of aspects of it. And I just get frustrated because it's, like I said, I've been doing this for probably year maybe two going back and forth with people kind of explaining and every single thing i say um it, it, you know it is happening and everything they're starting to say hey that's you know what we should do you know we should build you know maybe the spot market isn't the best place maybe maybe we still should build relationships maybe we should and and you know now other people are saying it so let them carry the torch i'm cool with that um but i did want to cover this one because i i i don't I want to make sure people kind of um, listen to this and understand this because there is some stuff coming down the pike in regards to trucking and logistics and the way things are changing that is going to affect all of us. It has to do with a lot of things. It has to do with the fact that um, we were open for an easy target uh, because of China, because of COVID, uh, and in regards to our infrastructure, in regards to our logistics, we are, it is definitely a weak point. If we go to conflict, we are definitely gearing up towards conflict back and forth. And logistically, we are not ready for it. We're not, we're nowhere near ready for uh, the type of issues that could be caused because of logistics. So there was a massive changes uh, that got put right into place in regards to logistics, in regards to data collection, uh, geofencing, dynamic uh, AI, machine learning, uh, freight rates, and things like this. 
a lot of big companies basically said, look, we took a monstrous loss uh, in regards to shipping. This can't happen again. And a lot of companies are now transitioning towards a more safer way of doing freight. Our just-in-time um, business model was found out to be very bad when you constantly deal with, you know, China is your number one supplier of goods. If China were to say, hey, we're, we're turning it off. And I'm going to kind of explain this real quick. I'm going to explain where Mike is uh, uh, kind of confused in this whole situation and kind of go over this, right? And, and, and from this, you do what you want to do. Everybody seems to take this information and either uh, they, they absorb it or they, or they ignore it. I don't care either way. Um, I've been doing this long enough that I'm partially retired as it is. Um, I do, you know, a specific niche. I'm good with that. I don't even have a, uh, a website anymore. I don't need it. Um, you know, so it's for me, I'm, I'm comfortable in what, you know, I'm, I do in regards to logistics and I've got some other stuff I'm going to be doing, but like I said, so this is pro this is going to be the last video I put up on this channel. Uh, but again, like I said, if you are looking for factoring, I do want to put that out there because, like I said, I worked hard to, to get that factoring deal to be as low as possible. Um, it's under 2% for carrier and brokerage, no, no ACH fees. You just have to shoot me an email, uh, and, and I'll I give you a call um, and kind of make sure you understand it, the whole thing. Um, I do get a small percentage off of that, but trust me, it's it's not a lot at all. <laughs> That's why I was able to lower it as low as I possibly can. Um, I get a small uh, percentage off of the percentage you're charged. So if it's under two, that's where my money, so it doesn't affect you at all. But like I said, I'm I'm required to state that, and I usually say it on the phone, but I also wanted to say it on the on the video. All right. So I'm going to cover this interview um, that he's that regards to the boycott. Now, uh, if you want to boycott a brokerage, if you guys want to not use a brokerage, you're welcome to do that. I want to state state this up front. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect. Um, I, I don't like TQL either. Um, I didn't when I was a carrier. I don't work with them. I don't have any type of co-brokering agreement with them. I would probably I would not. Uh, do a co-brokering agreement with them. I do have co-brokering agreements with other um, brokerages, freight forwarders, and, and things like that. TQL is not one that I ever have or and probably wouldn't. So I'm not in any way um, pro-TQL. But in regards to understanding logistics and understanding how the system works and some understanding some things that you guys are going to want to know if you're in trucking, I'm going to talk about that. So I'm going to kind of start this to kind of give a rundown. If you're not in trucking, um, we're just, this is uh, Alex, mother trucker. I was on his show. I've spoke with him. Um, he's a big advocate in, in the uh, trucking industry. Uh, used to be um, a household goods mover, which is a little different than general freight. But, you know, that's, uh, it's a lot different. But it's still part of trucking aspect of, of logistics, just moving, you know, your stuff from home to home. The issue I have here with Alex and something I'm going to talk about too is in regards to, you know, don't take cheap freight. Well, we're going to, what the hell's cheap freight? And, and that, you know, what is it? Give me a definition of it. Give me an example of it. Tell me what I should not take and what, and is my cheap freight the same as your cheap freight? Same topic we've gone over, but we're going to talk about some other stuff too. So let me hit the play on this one. Have, especially with the rates uh, being extremely low for people that are using the spot market. Are we correct, Mike? Um, yeah, absolutely. Spot market, um, 
contracts too, man. Uh, it's not just the spot market. I mean, I'm fighting with um, a lot of uh, shippers when I'm submitting RFPs um, and things like that. Like, um, it's not all good there either, you know? All right. So right there is the first thing you need to understand what he just said. An RFP is re basically, it's, it's a request for quote, basically, right? Request proposal type. You're, you're, they're sending this out saying, hey, would you quote this lane? Uh, we have 100 of these loads a year. Would you give me a price for this to be able to cover this for six months, three months, a year, whatever, right? That's a request for quote. They're sending this out. You, I mean, customers and shippers, direct customers send a zillion of these out to a zillion different, you know, brokers, if you put them all together, um, or, or direct trucking companies to cover this. Now, he has basically just said right there the answer. For him to go on, he could basically stop, right? He's basically just stated that it is not just spot market freight. It is not just brokers. It is contracted freight also. Customers are coming and saying, hey, can you do this for cheaper? Can you come down on your rate? Can we do this for a better price? Um, I need, for me to be competitive against my customers, I need to be more competitive on the logistics end of this um, project, on the logistics end of these goods. He's, he's, he just said that it's not just brokers. It is the customers that are also looking for cheaper rates. And I want you to understand, customers will send their freight to China to be assembled to come back to the United States to save a dollar. They will send it to another country to save on labor. Now, they might only save 10 cents of whatever they're making, but that 10 cents adds up. Customers are always looking for ways to produce their goods, sell their goods, manufacture their goods, or ship their goods to profit. A company's job is to profit. I know people don't like to hear this, but a business doesn't profit, it goes under, and then you don't ship their freight anyways. But I mean, uh, these prices, these rates are just very low. What they're coming in at is very low, and they're not taking into uh, account the fact that we're paying higher expenses now. I'm paying more for insurance this year. Um, my insurance is out of control once again. I'm paying $5 a gallon for diesel fuel. Um, parts for these trucks are you know, going up. I'm having more issues with DPF systems and uh, things like that. It, 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 it's not easy. My okay, those are your problems. Those are not the shipper's problems. Those are not the customer's problems. You have to find a way to get rid of these problems. That's what business is. So in regards to, well, my, my diesel fuel, well, do, do you buy in volume? Well, no, I don't. Okay, well, then maybe you should try to work out a volume deal for fuel. Well, DEF systems. Okay, maybe you should redo your truck every three years um, so for your DEF systems. Um, all these fees that are going up is not something... It's not their problem. They have their own problems. And that's why they go out to a freight broker or they go out to somebody to basically say, hey, I need, I need the, I don't want you to give me your problems. I want you to solve my problems. Costs are going through the roof. And it's not just me, it's everybody in my group, it's everybody out there on the road. No, it's everybody everywhere. Okay. It's shippers, people buying the goods, people making the goods, people selling the goods. It's everybody everywhere, okay? So we can't just say, oh, it, 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 the same people that you're trying, the customers that are making the goods that you want to ship are 
their prices are also going up. Their labor's going up. Their property taxes are probably going up. Their electric bill's going up. Everything that they do to make this is also going up. So it's everybody everywhere. We seem to forget that. Feel that, brother. And, you know, it's one of those things. That's why I wanted you on the show because, you know, I, I love using this platform for the positivity to help truck drivers in any way possible. And so can, do you mind giving a little background of just your experience and, and, and basically so people know where you're coming from as well? Absolutely. Um, I started out uh, back in 2010 in household goods. Uh, I come from a different side of this business. Uh, I didn't start out in freight. So when I came to freight, it was like a different world. You know, in household goods, uh, basically, you do everything on your own. They're, they're really, there are brokers, but most guys don't use them. It's the exact reverse uh, uh, than in freight. You know, um, we go out and we get our own loads. Um, we deal directly with the DOT and they help us uh, generate our tariff. And that tariff says exactly what we can charge for everything, every service that we provide. So, like, if I'm based in New York and I'm moving someone to Florida, all of the charges that I am allowed to charge them are in my tariff. And there is no market rate. So, if I want to charge for all of my services and the bill comes out to $10,000, $15,000, that's just what it is. You know what I mean? There is no, oh, well, you know, the market is saying you can only charge me four grand. No, I am the market. I can charge you whatever I feel my, service, my services are worth. Now, you can do that in freight also. Okay, I do that in freight also. So when it comes to freight, you can charge whatever you want to charge, right? So when he's talking earlier in this interview, when he says, okay, uh, customers are fighting me on this, a customer doesn't have to pay what you want to charge, right? If you want to charge $5,000 and, and somebody else comes in at $4,500, you lose. You lose unless you can get... For, provide them with possibly a service that the other guy isn't giving, right? It's the same thing. I mean, this is where I don't, I, I, this is one of the reasons too I get frustrated is because I don't know why that's confusing to people. Like you have a right to, ch to charge whatever you want to charge, but I don't have to pay you whatever I have to pay you. And, and I hear this all the time when, it, when uh, drivers get upset, well, that's all I have in it. That's all I have in it. And drivers get upset with that. Well, I don't have to say that. I can just say, that's all I want to pay you. That's all I'm going to pay you for this load. Because this is all, at this moment, you're not giving me any additional services that I feel is worth more money, right? I, it's the same thing, like, if I'm going to pay, if there are 50 people out there, 50 landscapers and five lawns to mow, I might only say, okay, this is what this person's offered to do it for this price. I'm good with that. And that's all I want to pay you. Is, is, does that make you feel better? Or if I say, well, that's all I have in it. I mean, that, that terminology, I don't care what I say, what, what somebody's saying to me. I don't even care. I, here's my rate. This is what I charge to move this load. If you don't hire me, well, then you don't hire me. I'm good with that, right? That's kind of what, who cares what they say? And so when? Uh, it's what the market will bear. It's what the person will pay. It's what the person will pay. You know, the market is one aspect of this. And this is why I see a lot of truck drivers confused on this. Like, you can have a low market, but if somebody's willing to pay you more money to get this done, because you're good at what you do or you're knowledgeable about what you do or they need it done and they want to pay you to do this, they will pay you. It's, it is 
the market is one aspect. It's one aspect to this. It's not everything. My partner and I decided to uh, start moving into general freight back in, uh, I guess it was 2017. It was like a whole different world. You know, it was like, okay, we were not, you know, we were not getting paid what we felt we should be getting paid for these loads from the start. Um, we were like, all right, this is a different world. So we only did it a little bit. Um, around when COVID started, though, rates started going through the roof. So we said, you know what, let's just drop the Household Goods Authority and let's just do general freight. And that's what we did. And obviously now they don't need us anymore. So uh, the rates are going through the floor. And um, he just answered his own question. He just answered his own question. Okay. I want, and this is where he was a little confused on. So the spot market is like overflow freight right? It's overflow type freight. I have my normal guys. Now I want you to understand something. This is called the bullwhip effect, right? This was a bullwhip effect. And freight went down because everything shut off. Everybody closed. So there was almost nothing moving. Okay. So once that happened, we weren't getting goods. We started to run out of consumable goods. All right. Once we started to run out of consumable goods, there was a knee-jerk reaction to ship and get things in as fast as possible. That caused a, few, a huge boom in freight. So now freight went up. Oop. All right. Now the volume of freight and loads, people were like, oh, my God, I'm out of this. I need it now. I, um, I can get better money for it. Supply and demand kicked in. So it's up here. So freight volumes are up here. This is the bull whip, right? The ups and downs. So what happened was truck drivers and people who weren't in trucking jumped into the market. We had a record number of truck drivers. So we went from a baseline of pretty consistent freight, maybe a little bumps, little bumps, little bumps, but very consistent freight to a boom in volume, which made it very easy for you to get three, four, five, six, seven dollars a mile, which made a lot of people jump into trucking. The same thing happened in the containers, um, which made a bunch of people jump into trucking, which sent all of the all of this capacity hit the market. So we have a huge amount of volume and a huge amount of capacity. Okay. That was way up there, and all these trucks hit the market. It was easy. It was easy to make money. You didn't have to work at it. It was like free money out there. All right. Now you go up there and you're hitting this boom. So now we're at the other end of that whip and the whip comes down. The volumes are now coming back down. But the capacity is still up there. So the, the volume of the freight comes down, but the capacity is still up there. Okay. So there's not as much freight. So a lot of shippers are trying to get back to the consistent flow it's, that freight was for a long period of time. I'm just going to use simple numbers. So instead of paying $5 a mile, they want back down at $2 a mile. Okay? But since there's such a high capacity of trucks, because it used to be easy to make a lot of money, Supply and demand, the laws of supply and demand are basically saying, hey, I don't have to pay that much because I have, I have 50 people competing to cut 
five lawns. All right, I'm trying to break this down as simple as possible, and I'm going to explain why. Now, you're up there, and with all these trucks are up there all fighting each other. Now, here's the thing. You don't want it to be easy. You don't want it to be easy. Because if it stays easy, trucks won't leave the market. They will stay. This is why when I hear broker transparency, when I hear this, when I hear this, you guys are going to continue to make it very easy. Then people who should not be there will stay there. And you're not going to get the price you deserve because of the laws of supply and demand. When things are hard, they pay more money. When it's harder to find a truck, you get more money. When it's harder to do something, you make more money. But if you want it to be easy, you're not going to get more money because it's easy. When flipping burgers is easy, you make minimum wage. When running six stores and doing schedules and doing the everything, you make more money. Okay? So what you don't want, you actually want some of this some of these people to put out these low rates so that the people that aren't very good at this and they're not very good at business, they haven't been in it long enough to properly save, to properly prepare, to properly live off of a, a you know lower numbers, they fall out. They fall out of the system and you can get now that you're good at what you do and you've been doing it for a while, you can basically Bring your numbers back back up. But you want trucks to fall out of the system. You want the weekend warriors to get off the road, right? I mean, you want to get back to that consistent flow of freight because you were, you, you know, you've been here before the good times and you're going to want to be here after the times. These guys came in at the good times unprepared, not understanding the industry, not understanding how it works. And Unfortunately, they're sucking up some of your freight and they're going to those businesses are going to have to fail. We say it all the time with the banks. Stop bailing the banks out. Stop bailing the banks out. Stop bailing the truckers out who don't know what they're doing. It sucks. It's unfortunate, but either they learn how what to do and they learn how to do it better or they've got to go away. A bank either learns how to handle the money better or they go away. They should go away, right? We bailed out the auto industry. That's bad. But when we make it very easy, we then more trucks are here, then they're not learning from their mistakes. We are basically making it easier. Now, what's that do? Keeps the rates low. That's supply and demand. You know, this just doesn't make sense to us. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the money is there. Just give it up. You know, there's no reason for us to have to take a load that is going to... The money is there. Just give it up. That's one of the dumbest statements I've ever heard. No, you. the money's just not there for me just to give it up to you. The money's there for my business to survive. I'm going to do what I can do and be a broker, be a shipper, be a manufacturer, being somebody... 
this is business. This is how business works. They learn how to basically work these ebbs and flows. That's a part of, of a business, understanding the ebb and flow, not just give me the money. Well, just give it up. Just give it up. Give me the money. Well, no, earn it. You were getting $4 and $5 a mile when the volume was up and there wasn't enough trucks. Now the volume's down and there's too many trucks. I'm not just going to give you $250 to mow my lawn when this guy standing right next to you will mow my lawn for 50 And I used to pay 50 Just because you want 250 to mow the same lawn this guy can, was doing it for 50 before you got here, well, I'm, I'm going to pay 50 He was mowing it for 50 before you even had a lawnmower. Now I'm supposed to give it up to you. That's not how it works. That's not business. That's communism. You know, just go do this job and you get paid this amount of money for this job. We don't care how good you are. We don't care if you're better than somebody else. We don't care. Have us ending up taking a loss at the end of the day. So the way this all came about, which I guess you can know, you can say the final stroke. Now, there are going to be times trucking companies take losses. 100%, they'll take a loss. We're going to talk about that in a second. It was about a week ago, uh, my, my partner signed up. I didn't know he did this, but he signed up to a, uh, a, uh, a program with uh, J.B. Hunt. They have a, uh, I guess the program is kind of new. They have a program that they started with for just power only. Uh, they have a whole department for just power only. And uh, they called me up and they said, hey, listen, you know, we want to put you into the system. Um, we want to start giving you loads, power only. You know, we see you have multiple trucks. Um, we're going to call you from time to time and we're going to recommend some loads for you. I said, okay, no problem. Hung up the phone, left it at that. A couple of days later, I get a phone call from him. Guy's uh, <clears throat> telling me about a load he has going to North Carolina. I mean, his numbers are just insane. I think he was like, the load was like less than a dollar a mile or something like that. I was like, listen, uh, guy. All right, so let's let's take this. And he's going to go on with this. I don't know the program with, with, with J.B. Hunt. Um, but it's a power only. That means you do not have a trailer, right? It's power only. It's just your tractor. And they give you a trailer to pull. Either they're, you're dropping hooking or they're giving you a trailer and they're saying, here, you can use our trailer. I don't, that's usually what power only programs are. I don't know the JB1 he's a part of, so I have no idea. But a lot of times because you don't have a trailer and they're giving you a trailer, they, they'll offer these loads for, for less money sometimes, right? Now, you don't have to take them. You can just say, no, I'm not interested in that load. Thank you. Um, but that's, that's nowhere near what I need to run for. And then you basically just, you know, respectfully deny the load, right? No, thank you. Not interested in that one. Um, that won't work for me. But, you know, and, you know going, if you have anything in the future, please let me know. Unfortunately, this one won't work for me. Not a big, not a big deal. Look, I, I don't have time. You know what I mean? Uh, there's no possible way I'm going to do that. Um, call me back when, you, when you're serious. And I mean, his, he's, he didn't sign up. His partner signed him up for this program. So there was obviously either they didn't look into the program, they didn't uh, read any of the, the contracts for the program, they didn't ask about the program, they didn't, obviously they just, yeah, sign me up. You know, we'll talk. So he's like, oh, so you want me to take you out of the system? I said, listen, you can do whatever you want. I'm not doing a load for less than a dollar a mile. So you take me out of the system, leave me in the system. I don't have time to talk to you right now. I got to go. He said, All right. And that's however you want to handle it. You can be nice. You don't have to be. That's your call, your business. Okay, fine. That was it. Bye. 
about a week later, I get a, 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 an email from him and uh, he has the same load going from, uh, I believe it was uh, Pennsylvania, no, upstate New York to somewhere in North Carolina. Now, I did reach out to him uh, for him to come on the show. Like I said earlier, I reached out. I spoke with him for about five minutes. I told him he was a little bit confused on some stuff. I kind of started to explain my background. And then he basically said, hey, um, because of the color of my skin, I think he's an idiot. I have no idea. Um, okay. I think it has nothing to do with the color of his skin. Um, but some of the kind of statements and things that he's saying is absolutely ridiculous. It's abs I'm sorry. It, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, and then he basically said, uh, fuck you and your show. And I said, well, carry on. No problem. Carolina. So he's trying to get me to do it for $1,200. And we're going back and forth in this email. And I don't think he knew that he was sending that email to like everyone in his contact list. So all of a sudden, like 300 guys start sending him emails back and responses back, yelling at him, telling him, hey, man, you know, that's crazy. You should do that load yourself. Why are you trying to get him to do that load for shit money? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and um, it just went on and on and on and on. And the guy's like, please stop emailing me. It was a mistake. Whatever. The guy from JBR. So. After all the emails, everybody in the email chain got together, and one guy in particular who has a company in uh, upstate New York said, he, he, he made the suggestion. He said, listen, uh, I'm sick of these rates, too. You know, I'm dealing with it, too. Um, we should boycott one of these companies every week until these rates get better. I mean, Now, you're welcome to do that. You're welcome to do that. I'm not going to argue with anybody that says you don't want to haul for someone. You, you don't have to work. I don't have to load you. And you don't have to haul my freight. That's, you know, we can agree on that. Like, if I don't want to load you, I won't load you. Um, it's my call to make. You don't have to call on my load. That's 100%. But the issue is, is that rates are also based on supply and demand, okay? Like I said earlier, there are some situations that are completely different. Load's got to go or something happened or if somebody, you know, that's a different situation. If there is 50 trucks for one load, it's different than if there are 50 loads for one truck. Now, again, like I said, we have this many trucks with this much volume. You have to let people fail. You have to let them fall. You guys, like I said, I, I hear this all the time. Stop bailing out the bank. Stop bailing out the automotive industry. Stop bailing these businesses out. But when it comes to the truck, you want to be bailed out. You want it to be easier. You want it to make it where anybody that can come in here can get $5 a mile. Well, then how is that going to eliminate the people that shouldn't be in trucking? How is that going to make the supply and demand of capacity any better if we make it easier rather than make people get smarter at doing their job? We make it easier the job that they're doing. How does that, how does that benefit you? It doesn't. Unfortunately, if you want more money, you have to become smarter. You have to learn more. You have to be more knowledgeable at your craft. And if we all get together... We can fold these companies. They're nothing. They're brokers. He said, let's all stand up for better rates and let's start boycotting these brokers. Okay. So first thing here to where his confusion also lied, brokers don't just make money by spot market freight. They've got contracted rate. They've got where, where, uh, warehousing. They've got intermodal. They've got access to rail services. They've got freight forwarding services, TQLs on the stock market. 
there are enormous ways that these people, the spot market is the not where they make all of their money that you're going to cause TQL by not hauling their spot market freight. Because when I was with Landstar and I was a Landstar agent, the hub group sent me a proposal to quote some of their lanes for, for a year contract. I, I gave them my price. I don't remember what it was. I think it was like $1.75 or something. I think it was $1.75 plus fuel surcharge uh, that changed every Tuesday. So at, at that point, that was my price I gave to them, right? I gave that to them. And at that point, I, I, they didn't give me a price. I gave them a price. So this is happening. You are bidding contracts. He started this conversation out by saying, he gets requests for quotes. Just because they're not taking his price doesn't mean that, oh, well, I, I'm supposed to take your price. Well, what if you came in at $1.75 and this guy over here came in at $1.72 and you both have the same stuff? Well, I'm going to go with the $1.72 because it saves me three cents a mile and that adds up. So just because you're not winning these quotes, which is sounds like is his situation, according to what he said earlier in this interview. He's 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 pissed off. He's angry that they're not picking him, that they're picking someone else. Because a request for quote is not this is how much we're moving it for. It's how much can you move this for? Please submit your price. So uh, basically, that's what we're doing, man. You know. Uh we're not getting any help from the government. We're, we're not getting any help from the people that are supposed to be representing us in Washington. Like, uh, you don't want help from the government when it comes to pricing and being told how much you, sh you don't want that. The last thing any of us want is, is basically the government stepping in to our wallets any more than they already do. Um, that's just my opinion <laughs> in regards to the government. Um, we, and I can give multiple countries examples of that. Uh, multiple terms of communism and socialism in regards to that. You you don't want the government coming in to your pocketbook any more than they already do. Oh, I oh, oh. or I don't. He might, but I don't. I uh, I DA and you know all these other uh, associations that we pay into. So you know I I got owner operators, no authority, new authority. My Facebook group and there's over twenty thousand members. I reposted the guy's information in the group and everyone was just like, yeah, we're in. Let's do it. That's it. We had enough. And uh, look, there's more of us that are unified than not unified. Um, we're already here and we're ready to take it all the way. Um, this is not driving your truck to Washington, trying to get some politician with closed ears to listen to us. This is going right to the horse's mouth. The shipper deals with the broker. If we break the broker, we break the shipper. Forget about Washington. They don't care about us. If they cared about us, we wouldn't. Yeah. When you break a shipper, they just don't magically come up with more money. They close down. Uh, when shipping goods become too costly that customers can't ship, they either charge more money if they can, or they go under and they, they close up anyways. And that's exactly what we want to do. What we want to do is any type of manufacturing in this country – because let me, I can tell you how this works. You're not going to break a shipper. They're going to move their production to another country. 
right? It's too much to ship it here. So what we're going to do is move our production to another country, and then we're going to drop ship it to people's houses. I don't, I don't think you've thought this through, Mike. I don't think you've thought this through. No one is going to say, I'm going to let you break me. They're just going to say, well, it's too much to manufacture our goods here. So we're going to go ahead and open up manufacturing in Mexico, China, Vietnam, India. We're going to outsource our costs to someplace that can do it for cheaper. And then when you buy a pair of sneakers, we're going to go ahead and drop ship it from the manufacturing or the warehouse in China, Vietnam. We're going to stick it on a plane. And then we're going to ship it right to your house. We have a company, a whole company that was built on something like that. Uh, Rainforest, uh, Amazoni, Amazon, Amazon. That's the name of it. It's a small company. But hey, that was their business model. Be paying $5 a gallon for diesel fuel. That guy's been in office all this time, and he's never once addressed the fact that guys are out here paying $5 a gallon for diesel fuel to keep that shit on those shelves in those stores and keep this country moving. We're going straight to the source. TQL is a billion-dollar company, and they made all that money by ripping us off. And we're going to keep protesting. Well, they didn't make it all by ripping you off. They provide services, um, air, rail, ship, freight forwarding, warehouses, trucking. Um, there's a lot of services that they provide. Not, they're not just ripping you off because nobody was ripping you off when you were getting five, six, seven dollars a mile. Nobody was screaming about that, right? I, I never once, when somebody gives me a price, I, unless it's a, like I've talked about this before, if somebody tells me, hey, I need 20 bucks a mile to do this, and, and, and legitimately 10 is the area, and I ask them, well, can you explain why? And they tell me, well, I need escorts and this and this. I'm like, oh, oh, okay, okay. No, you're confused. You don't need that. Then we talk about it. But if it's legitimate, then I, th their price is their price. Or if for me, I've had somebody say I need $25 a mile, and I'm like, oh, okay, hang on. What type of equipment are you putting this on? Well, I do oversize. We, I only have a, I only have a seven axle stretch. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I only need a five axle non stretch. Uh, so that makes sense, but unfortunately, I won't be able to get you a seven-axle price, but I appreciate you at least getting back to me with a quote. Um, but I now I know you have a seven-axle, and if I have a seven-axle price, I know who to call. That's how I handle that. Them ...until we see a visual difference in the, in the rates that they're charging us. This is my system. I'm watching every market all day long. I'm watching every broker and every rate that's out there all day long. And I can see... Now, it's not a visual rate that they're charging him. And I think he just messed up. It's a, the rates that they're paying him. He's charging them the rate. Uh, and this is why I think he is a little bit of confusion also. And I wanted to also explain this to him. But again, he told me to fuck off. Um, so I can't understand why he doesn't have customers. What they're charging, what they're trying to give us for rates every day. And every day it's garbage. This guy wanted me to carry this load for less than $1.50 a mile. From upstate New York to North Carolina. The tolls alone. Okay, now, here's the problem that people don't understand. 
a dollar fifty a mile coming out of upstate New York someplace might it is not a bad horrible rate. I don't know where it's going. I don't know exactly where it's going. It wasn't a horrible rate, right? A uh, dollar a mile stuff, right? A dollar fifty a mile. Now understand, this is the biggest problem. I think Mike's also a little confused about is, and I know confusing is probably triggering him at this point, but he's. If somebody, like I did this all the time, I had specialty equipment that would run an oversized load from, let's say, Texas to upstate New York, okay? I got 6 7 $8 a mile to get up there, all right? I got, now, my driver, he was buying the truck off me. We, did, we, we were in 80-20, um, and I, you know, this is, uh, I want to say six, seven years ago. Anyways. So he would basically say, hey, you know, if you find me another load, let me know. Perfect. Okay. So he would take, let's say, $6 a mile going up to New, up to New York. I would call, if I saw a load for $1.50, I would offer him that because he got $6 a mile going in and $1.50 coming back out is better than coming back out empty. Okay. It's better than not making anything to come out. Nowadays, everybody that, or not everybody, a lot of drivers and a lot of carriers that run the spot market, they look at every load as a single load. They look at every load and say, well, that's a crap rate. Well, how much did you make going into New York? Well, that doesn't matter. No, actually it does. Because that's how logistics isn't a one for one, right? Logistics and and it's getting even more complicated as machine learning and AI start to take more roles in this. You can't just look at how much, you know, you have to look at, well, I got this much going in, how much, and now I'm getting this much going out. If you look at this as a one load, and this is the last load I'm ever going to haul, you're not going to do very well in logistics. Logistically speaking, if you got $3 a mile going in and $1.15 coming out, what's your average, right? What's your average on, the, on that miles that you got for, for going there and coming back out again? It's, it's not a one move. Logistics isn't one move, one move, one move, one move, one move. Carriers and, and owner-operators that understand this, a lot of times they're able to put it, the big picture together. Right. And that big picture is what logistics, what brokers look at logistically. We don't look at just one load. We don't look out the windshield. We got to look at the big picture. So if more carriers learned how to look at the big picture and see, okay, I can get $2 going in and I can get $1.50 coming out and put me in North Carolina. And then from North Carolina, I can get $2 back to Texas. That's a good turn. That's a good rotation. That's a good turn. And originally, when, in trucking, this is how they looked at brokers. Your broker, you would, and this is where this kind of came from. You would take a load and say, okay, my direct customer's paying $3 a mile for me to get to upstate New York. I'm going to use that broker to get me out of that upstate New York area to get me back to North Carolina, back to Houston, back to, you know, wherever you were coming out of. And that would get me a good turn. That would be a good turning situation so I could be profitable the entire time my tires are moving, okay? 
Um, but nowadays, with the with the way the spot market is and the internet, carriers look at every single load as one load, 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 and they don't put it all together. So that dollar fifty for somebody now it might not have worked for him because going into upstate New York, he couldn't get the money to work. And this is why it's hard. This is why it's hard. This is why it shouldn't be easier for people. It should be harder for people to put this together so you can make more money. You want less people to be able to do this. You want less drivers to be able to do this so that if you're a driver that's capable of, of looking of multitasking this way, you can make more money, right? So here you are. So at that point, that might not have worked for him. Because he couldn't get a load on where he was to take that load out of New York to turn it into a profitable turn. And we've and and this is it's it's almost like at one point you could watch long format videos, right? And then it turned into eight-minute videos, and now it's 60-second videos. Because as as we watch these shorter videos, our brains aren't able to comprehend. Our attention span is becoming smaller and smaller. Well, if your attention span is small in logistics, you're not going to make it. You got to be up in in and in business in general. You can't have a small intention span in business. You can't look at the end of the week paycheck. You've got to look at the end of the quarter paycheck, at the end of the year paycheck. You know, you've got to be able to think ahead. Right? Poor people live week to week. Middle class live month to month. Rich people live quarter to quarter, and wealthy people live year to year. They know what they're going to make in a year and how to make it in a year. And, it, and in business, this is a part of business. This is what makes some business people better in business than others. How far in the future they can look. And, and this is where Mike's, his confusion lies. That $1.50 could have been a great load for somebody who just came out of North Carolina getting 3 bucks a mile from their direct customer, and it puts them right back. Or it's not a good load because you're not and you just don't take it. But for me to have to raise that to $3 a mile, why? And, and this, why, why should I make it easier? So more trucks can come into the industry? So we can have more capacity in the industry? Is that what you guys really want? Bailouts? Oh. I've broken my truck in half. Just the tolls to get out of New York to get to North Carolina. Forget about the fuel. The tolls alone made that job not worth it. No, I feel you. I feel you. You know, it's like uh, um, I'm gonna we're gonna post this video that people know. Uh, I'm gonna put links to your your uh, your group down below as well, so that people can join. You know, and again, this isn't something about blocking the highway. This ain't something about driving nope. somewhere and honking a horn. And no disrespect nope. to anyone trying to do anything. Uh, you know, that's positive for the trucking community. But uh, like Mike, you know, you got what twenty thousand people in your group backing you up. Um, yes, sir. Uh, mostly, yes. It's very positive, and I appreciate the support. You know, the men and women, and I'm going to point that out, the women, the men and women in my group, because the women are on the road, too, uh, dealing with this every day. We live in the real world, and we know the government never cared about trucks. They care about big trucks. They care. And that's not true. Like, obviously, it's not that they don't care about. It's an infrastructure. Um, they need to. They need to be 
um, on top of their game and understand because in, in, if we were to go to conflict with China, which is it's pushing more and more that way, um, then it at one time, just so everybody knows, it's the Defense Production Act is set up also to take over trucking if they have to. Um, Theodore Roosevelt, I believe, did it with an executive order. He took over trucking companies and said, you will haul this, you will do this um, during wartime efforts, right? So there are, are, are wartime or either way. Um, so the, it is set up. I have been put under the Defense Production Act as a logistics provider last year, end of last year. They came in and they told the government told me you will do this, um, and I did it. So it, they can take charge. They can take over. They can do this. You can't stop intercom uh, interstate commerce. Trucking industry is a defense production act. It's it's listed in there as one of the things government can take over. Um, so it is something that they are involved in. You don't want them involved. We really don't. We want them involved as least as possible. Unfortunately, they're overly involved right now. Um, and, and I'm saying this from, you know, owning a carrier and being a CDL holder. I still have my Class A um, license. About the brokers, they care about the shippers, but they don't care about the guy uh, in the cab behind the wheel. Okay? And uh, it's a waste of time going to them and asking them for support and help. Brokers should be capped. Okay. Brokers should be capped. And this is one of the things I want to talk about. We're going to listen to this real quick. They are brokers. They should get an agency pay. They should not be able to take whatever they want out of a load and put it in their pocket and give us the scraps. They have a riskless transaction. Riskless. They have no stake in the load. They have no stake in my business, my trucks, my drivers, nothing. If the shipper decides not to pay me, they walk away. They don't pay me out of their pocket. And if I decide not to do the load, they don't jump in their truck and pick that load up and deliver it for the Okay. Woo, a lot to unpack here. So first he says they should be capped. So now he's saying let we're going to limit the amount of money that you can make, okay? We're going to limit the amount of money you can make, okay? Now, real quick. I am... Am I still going here? All right. I have been doing this for tw 20 years. I am definitely more knowledgeable than most. I do believe, you know, so are you going to pay me the same amount as you would pay a brand new broker to come into the industry? Probably not, right? I, I, they're not going to be able to, to sell it. They're not going to be able to back it up. They're not going to have the connections. They're not going to have that ability to do that. They're, he wants them capped. Um, in regards to risk, I actually have... Um, Brokers are sued just like trucking companies are. Um, if freight is double brokered, if freight is damaged, if freight, if things happen, brokers are now getting nuclear verdicts. They're now getting um, sued just as much as a carrier. Let me make sure you guys are actually hearing me. If you guys are in here, can you just type one in the chat there? Just make sure you guys are still hearing me. All right. So. They are now being sued also. So I can be sued. I can I carry contingent cargo insurance, contingent liability insurance, contingent, not exact, but contingent insurance. We can be sued if a shipper doesn't pay a shipper doesn't pay him, 
a shipper pays me and then I pay him. I have a bond in case of that. Um, there have been times that, yes, if a shipper doesn't pay me, I still have to. All right, thanks. Um, this one's just not working, which is fine. So there is still aspects to this. Let me turn this on here because that way I can. Hang on one second here. Let me do this. Sometimes. why that's not working either way let me do this pop out over here pop this down here all right so they can also be sued the job of a freight broker is to make sure that the carrier that is hired is both safe and can get the job done legally right and make sure they have authority make sure they can haul freight make sure that they can do all this stuff, right? That's their job. If they don't do that, they can be sued. If a uh, if, his, if the freight is double brokered and the broker doesn't know about it, they can be sued. In this country, you can be sued for almost anything. It, it is, there's, you know, brokers can be sued just as much. Um, my insurance is about $28,000 a year for my contingent insurance. Plus, that's not my bond plus whatever software I have, there is a cost to doing this. Now, the issue is, is that there is also a mental game on my side where you handle one load, I might handle 100 loads, okay? I have to look, I might have to um, work a customer a long time before I get that freight. It's a salesman's role. And I understand that, you know, a lot of nowadays that we don't, because of the internet, because you can just look for stuff yourself, we don't feel salesmen are, you know, an important aspect of business. And this is where his confusion lies. He's welcome to hire and pay taxes, insurance, health care, uh, uh, vacation time. He's welcome to pay all that. You know, he's welcome to go ahead and hire someone to be a salesperson to do the job that he's saying is basically, you know, not, there's no reason for it. Right. And that that should be capped. <coughs> Sorry. All right. We're going to do this real quick here. Let me pop this out here. Let me go over here. And let's see if we can get this up and running. Uh, YouTube hates me sometimes. So that's a big aspect. So right now I can't see your chats. All right, either way. So there is aspects to the brokerage. Now, this is where my confusion lies. We're going to listen to a little bit more of this. Shipper, they are an agent. They have a riskless transaction. So just like in the securities industry on Wall Street, they should get paid a cap, a riskless fee, less than 5% of the load. That's what they should get paid, 2%, 3%, and that's Okay, so they want to pay 2% or 5% to a freight broker to go out and do this. So let me ask you guys a question. If, would you, would any of you go out and do the job of sales and bring people customers for 
2%. Would you do that job? Would on $20 for 20 bucks would you go out and do that job? Right? Probably not. You're not going to work 6 months trying to get a customer and then handle problems, handle, you know, detention, handle uh, phone calls and, and all this other stuff for 20 bucks. You just you're not going to do that. W- why would you? Why would I do that for 20 bucks? If if I can go right now and be a manager um at at my local grocery store for 20 bucks an hour, why would I possibly move one load a day and only make 20 bucks? What happens if it's only one load? It's just one load. I'm a new broker. I'm coming out here. Um, I've got a customer, and right now that customer is only moving three loads a week. And you want to cap me at 20 bucks, 25 bucks, 2% of this load. And it's only three times a week. Why would I do that? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Nobody would. Nobody could afford to live on that money. No one. Okay? Because you can only handle so many loads. Like handling, so nobody would, would look to do 20, you know, 2%. 2%. Nobody would look to do that. And if I did, you're not getting any of my services. You're not getting anything else other than the load. I'm not handling any of your problems. Don't call me. I'm busy. I got to try to make another 2%. So who does that eliminate? That leaves only the big brokerages who can make money off of warehousing, uh, drayage. They're on the stock market, rail services. That legitimately eliminate, that, that basically pushes people back to the big brokerages. Does that make sense? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? No one would. No one could afford to live. You would have no one. So you would have to go out and get all of your own customers now. Now, remember, (laughs) supply and demand. If there's less freight brokers out there, if there's less freight brokers out there, they can drive the prices down. Walmart comes into a town, drives the prices down, forces everybody out, and then when all the other stores close up, they raise their prices. I don't see this as a benefit to you. It's business. That's how, that's how they're going to work business. And this is where my confusion lies with this. There it is, finally. That's where my confusion lies with this. Right? I'm I'm just trying to be honest here with you. So now what you have to do is you have to now remember for you to be able to broker freight even if you have a carrier you have to have a brokerage. Okay? So if you go to a customer and you have four trucks but they have five loads, you cannot broker that fifth load out. You either have to give that load to another customer to bill, another carrier to bill. Because you can't broker it or have a brokerage. So now you're telling me on the load you can't do. Let's say if you have two trucks and you have five loads. So on the three loads that you're brokering out, you, your brokerage can only make 2%. Why would you broker those loads out? 
Why would you work to try to find a driver, do the background check, handle the driver's problems, make sure that he's doing, why would you do that for 2%? You have, your job now is to get a carrier and get your own brokerage. He has a brokerage. We're going to talk about that. Why would you do that for free or for 2%? How do you pay your agent, right? How do you pay your agent? How do you hire anybody to be your agent if you're only going to offer them 2%? Who would work for you? No one's going to work for you. Well, how much is my cut? 2%. Uh, I'll see you later. Because now, normally you do, like, like when I worked for a brokerage, it was a 60-40 split. I got 60, they got 40, right? That's when I was worked for a brokerage. So what, I get 60% of 2%? Watch the fuck out, boys. Watch out. Daddy's home. I mean, come on. Why would you do that? So now, this is the best part. So now what makes you think the customer's just going to give the freight to you without the broker? What sales skills do you provide just because you're standing there in line? This ain't free cheese, motherfucker. This ain't a free cheese line. You don't get the freight because you're next in line. You get the freight because you provide services, sales, and other services you might provide to make that customer's life better. That And because it's an agency riskless transaction, it should be 150% transparent. I should see exactly what that shipper is paying that broker to move that load, to get me to move that load. Anything less is a ripoff. Anything less is, is unsatisfactory because he has no risk in the transaction. None. And that's the way it should be. No, I appreciate you, you know. So he wants the transparency, and I want to talk about this transparency. This is very bad. Now, look, I, I can live with transparency 100%. It's not going to affect me. Matter of fact, if you want me to be a business aspect, I want transparency, all right? I truly want transparency. I'm going to explain why um, right now, and it's going to piss some people off. As a business aspect, transparency is very, very good for me, the broker. And I'll explain why. One, it eliminates competition for me. If you're a carrier and you're a small carrier and you just opened up your brokerage, you're going to try to move the stuff on your trucks and then you're going to also try to broker out the other loads. So let's say we go back to the five truck load scenario. So you're going to go there and you're going to say, okay, I'm going to cover two loads and I'm going to broker out the other three loads. Any one of those other trucks now can come in and demand that they show you that you show them how much you're billing your customer. Now they can go into your customer and cut your customer and cut your throat. You're not going to be able to compete against that. You're not going to be able to compete against the service that they can provide compared to the service that you can provide. They can cut you five cents because they know exactly what you're billing. It's a race to the bottom because all this now, all the services that you provide are the exact same that they provide. They've got a couple trucks. So you guys are all fighting each other down here over customers. The big TQLs, they provide a lot more services that you can't compete against. 
you're going to go in there and say, I'll move it for $2 a mile. And, and I, if, if I have to, I can broker the freight, but I have three trucks. TQL can say, well, I'll move it for $2 a mile. But if you, if you also need warehousing, I can do that for you. If you need TMS systems software, I can give you that. If you need freight auditing, I can give you that. If you need rail services, I can give you that. If you need freight forwarding services, I can give you that. If you need air services, I can give you that. But I'll still move that freight for two, $2 a mile also. But I have a lot more services in the future if you so need them. So the only people it hurts, transparency, is the small brokers who have, don't have a ton of other services that they can sell to compete with the big ones, and carriers. Let's give you an example. Transparency is going to eliminate a lot of carriers. Because, remember, I don't have to load you. I don't have to give you this freight. It's not required by me to have to pick you as my carrier. So, let's say you do a load for me, and your next thing out of your mouth is, is I want to see the sheets and how much you got paid. You're required to show me. Go ahead and email that over. Well, once I email that over, I'm never going to use you again. You're out. You're done. Because I don't want to use you, and I don't have to use you. I have to show you. If they change the law that I have to show you, I'll show you once. You're only going to see it once. And then after that, you're never going to see my freight again. I will click on my board to not allow you to see my freight. You, Because I can go into truck stop and make it where you, your carrier never sees my freight. I will click it, and you will never see my freight again. So if you're doing it to me, and you, then you do it to Sage Robinson, Sage Robinson will click that same box. Goodbye. We will, we, because if you're in business, you're going to understand this, and you're not going to worry about transparency. Real carriers and businesses don't give a shit about it. Only the ones who aren't mentally strong enough to run a business care about that. They want, they want the cheat codes, right? They're the gamers who want the cheat. I don't want the cheat codes. I don't want the cheat codes. I'll, but the ones who want the cheat codes, when it comes to playing the real games, they ain't saying enough. You will be eliminated. I'm, look, I don't, you don't want to hear it? Don't care. This is the truth. This is the reality of it. Once you ask for it, that little box, that little thing will be checked. Well, you won't be able to see my freight anymore. And I won't be the only one doing it. Because the carriers that I normally work with don't ask. This is, and and this, will, this, this will eventually eliminate bad carriers and spot market freight. Because I'm going to start to just go. I'm not going to post my stuff on the spot market. I'm just going to go to the carriers who don't ask me for this stuff, who do a good job for me, provide me a good service. And everybody that needs it, your ass out. Look, if you want to stay in the free cheese line and you think business is the free cheese line where everybody gets a, a loaf of cheese, it's not. It's not. It, that, that broker transparency 
is not good. Now, the third thing which none of you are thinking about is the fact that if you can ask for the rate, the shipper can ask for the rate. And if you think the shipper's just going to give you more money for the hell of it, you're wrong. If the shipper sees that you're doing the load for $1,000 and you think you're going to go to the shipper and say, well, I'll do it for $1,200, they are going to say, you were doing it for 1000 before. Why would I give you more money now? Why would I give you more money now? Somebody's going to have to justify that. And if I'm a, if I'm a shipping manager and, and I have transparency that you were doing it for four weeks in a row for 1000 and now we eliminate the broker and you want more money, the shipping manager's got to answer to the CFO, and the CFO's going to say, why are you giving him more money? He was doing it for $1,000. They don't want to pay you. They don't want to pay me. Mike said that in the beginning of this interview, and he's going to say it again. If I can see it, if you, the truck driver, can, if everybody involved can see the rate, if you think that the shipper's not going to give you that $1,000, they're just going to give you more money, they won't be in business long. They eliminate costs any place they can. And if the shippers can start seeing the rates and everybody else can start asking for the rates, that is a race to the bottom. It is a race to the bottom. Because a shipper will send their shit to China to save a dollar. You, you think that they're just going to give you money for nothing? It's not going to happen. Because uh, if, uh, if I was a broker, I would just be okay. I'll see what you're making. Good luck offering you those same services, shipper. And I guess until overseas brokers, you took me out, but still. Yeah, well, that's unfortunately, that's, it's, that's what you're competing with. It's business. Everybody's competing with everybody to, to, to eat. We're all looking for money to eat. Um, and you're welcome to see my services and see if you can do that. But the problem is, is that somebody else will undercut you. And customers will go for the undercutted price. They just will. They're going to give you it. They're going to give that undercutted price a shot. If they can save money, they're going to save money. That's what CEOs do. That's what CFOs do. Find ways to save money to turn more profit. That's good for investors. It's good for stockholders. That's how businesses are run. All right. Mike, so at the end of all this, you know, if you're talking to all the thousands of drivers that watch, you know, the show, you know, you know, I want to give you the floor on this. Um, uh, what outreach, what, what would you like to say to these truck drivers? What are you asking of them? If, if anything, or of themselves. You know, I it's to... real simple. This is real simple. Very, very simple. When TQL calls you and that wise-ass broker is on the other line, tell him to take that load and shove it straight up his you-know-what. We ain't doing it. We ain't doing it for less than a certain amount. And the industry standard should be $3.50 or $3 a mile. That's it. No. Wow. So the industry standard should be $3 a mile. Do you know how many trucks would jump into this market? You might get $3.50 a market, but you will wait in line for your free cheese. You will wait in line for your free cheese. Because if, if, you, if you make it easy and everybody's at $3.50 a mile, 
Well, then lo- you're just going to have, you might get one load a week compared to five loads a week. I mean, that that's how communist, that's how it works. You want to make it so that everybody gets 350 a mile. I'm guaranteed 350 a mile. How much easier do we have to make it? Like, if you make something very easy and really good money, do you think more people come in or less people come in? All right, so if a shipper's paying 3000 to move the freight and the broker put it on the board for 1000 how is that saving the shipper money? Well, does, does the ship, did the load move? Does the load move? All right, so I mean, what you're setting up here is if a shipper's paying 3000 to move the freight and the broker put it on for $1,000, did the load move? Did somebody take it for the $1,000? If so, it doesn't matter, does it? Because somebody took that load for $1,000. It worked for them. It worked for them. Correct? Now, that broker got $3,000 for the load. If he moved it for that, do you think that other brokers don't compete? Do you think that uh, if I get it from the shipper for three thousand dollars, do you think another broker might not come in for twenty eight hundred? Do you think I get the I'm do you think I'm the free cheese line? Do you think I have any competition as a broker? I have competition as a broker, just like you have competition as a carrier. Another broker could come in for 28. And if I post it for a thousand and it doesn't move, that shipper might go to somebody else. I have to move the load with a qualified carrier. And if a carrier takes it for a thousand, they're, pro- they're probably going to be a bad carrier. Right? If they took it for a thousand when it should have paid, let's say, 2,500, I have no idea. I my better they wouldn't if they quoted a thousand, is it my job to tell them that's not enough money? I don't know the circumstance. Maybe it is enough money. Maybe they have to have the load. Maybe a thousand dollars they quoted it at a thousand. You guys are stuck on the numbers, and it's like, what's it matter? If somebody took it for a thousand, how do you know that they didn't turn a profit on that thousand? You don't. No matter where the load is going, no matter where the load is going. Tell him. So from now on, he wants $3.50 no matter where the load's going. We got to, right now, we need to cancel the laws of supply and demand, and everybody's going to have to pay $3.50 a mile. All right, that's easily factored. So now nobody leaves the market because we've now simplified the market. There is no elimination factor. There is a no stupidity factor of going out of business because everybody's getting three, everybody's getting 350 a mile. Everybody can stay in. Everybody can play. There's no peaks and valleys. There's no uh, truck drivers leaving. There's, you know, there's no better rates. There's no $5 mile rates. There's no $2 mile rates. Everything's 350. Perfect. So then what do these manufacturers do? Will they raise the cost of the goods? They raise the cost of the goods. 
I wish I could call in because I'll set it up for you can call in. Let me set it up. You can call in. Stand by on one. There you go. There's the number. You need a phone number or you need a, a link? All right. So now there's no, like, so in business, we got to make everything fairness. Everything's got to be fair. Like 350 a mile mandatory. That means anybody who buys a truck, you know you're going to get 350. There's no risk anymore. There's no competition. There's no competitiveness. There's no doing it better. You don't have to be good at what you do because it's automatic. So you don't have to show up on time. You don't have to be a good communicator. You're automatically going to get 350 a mile. No matter what you do, you're going to get it. No matter what. You're all going to get graded on a curve. So you don't have to study harder. You don't have to be more knowledgeable. It's an automatic. If you want that, go work for an, a company. That's called a salary, and we already do that. You can already go ahead and become a company driver, and you will be paid a dollar a mile, 50 cents a mile, 75 cents a mile. Like, that's not a new theory. It's called company driver. Hang on. Call from. Okay, you there? Yes, yes, sir. Yeah. So I, my my question is like when you were talking about uh, like different brokers they could come in and you know they can underbid and you know we got drivers they already cutting other drivers like how would how how would we fix that that problem because it seems like that's the main problem. Okay, so everybody trying to move everything cheaper. Okay, and and it, that's unfortunately in business. Uh, price is an aspect of this, right? So, they you said that they're tra they're moving it cheaper. So, mm -hmm. what service do you provide for your price? And the only service I can I can think of is just moving the freight. Okay. If, if if I'm a if I'm an owner operator with just one truck and one trailer, you know, only thing I can do is just move the freight and get it there on timely and safely. Okay, so you can get there. So have you built relationships with specific brokers? Um, no, no, no. Okay, there's your problem. And see, and see, I'm I'm not an owner operator um okay. at this moment. I'm a I'm a company driver. And I and let me say I love I love your show, you know, but it's like I'm 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 just scared that you can take that receive and jump out out there because it just seems like it's a blood it's just like a blood lab out there right now. Well, let me ask and you this. Let me ask you this. All right. So let's talk, let's not talk trucking. You go out and you say I want to start a business. Okay. Yeah. What are, what other things are you passionate about? What other business type stuff do you like? Um, just just on um, reselling. Like, I like to resell, like, cars. Like, say I just want uh, to cars right. or whatnot. So you're going to resell cars, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're going to resell cars do you, and you say, I want to start a resell uh, to a reselling of car business, right? Yeah. Do you just 
how do you do that? Like, what do you do to, to do that? I don't want to give it away. <laughs> how would you do that? How would you go about doing that? Um, just trying to find a good price, you know, a good price on a car, probably something low mileage, and you know, um, if it need any work, get the work put put in on the on the car, and then just resell it. All right, at so a you're, higher price. So your first thing is you you need to be knowledgeable about cars to make sure you're not getting a lemon, yes. right? Yes, sir. All right, so you need yes. to be knowledgeable about the industry that you're going into. Yes. Okay. Uh, in, in regards to so, when you start this business, do you also have to be knowledgeable about the type of cars people want to buy? Mm. Right. Uh, I never, I never thought, yeah, I, I never thought about it like that. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. So, and then on that same aspect, when you're gonna, I'm gonna read cars. So if I'm going to start a, a car reselling business, I might go to a couple, let's say people, or I might put ads out saying, hey, um, I'm a, let's say you're a mechanic, okay? I'm a mechanic. I've been, re, I've been reselling cars. I've, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm good at doing this. You know, is anybody interested in somebody possibly, you know, uh, finding them a vehicle? Is there any interest in this area? Like, I live in a small town. You, so for me it's harder to probably have a reselling of car business here because there's, you know, there could be a population of 400 people here mm-hmm. compared to a, po- a huge population, let's say of like, you know, a different area, yes. but you're going to want to have some, you, you don't want to go to a town and not have like no customers, right? No way to put your car out there to sell. So you can go out, buy a car. How do you get your car out there to sell? You use the internet, um, right? You're going to use the internet. Use you're going to put an ad in the paper, right? Yes. And that's how you Marketing get. Whatnot, yeah, yes. so that's, so you, but you have to have some knowledge on where you're going to get your customers from, correct? Yes. All right. So when, what happens is in the trucking industry, people buy a truck and they buy a trailer and they get insurance and they have no knowledge of the industry and they have no knowledge on where their customers are going to come from. So we have these load boards. But how difficult would it be for you if the internet didn't exist? If, you, if I told you I want you to have a reselling, a car resale business, but you cannot use the internet and you cannot use your local paper, how difficult would it be? It would be very. I do it always. Right. So you <laughs> put, so put newspaper ads. Yeah. Over. So now you don't have the internet and you don't have newspapers. It would be very difficult for you to have a car reselling business. So your okay. only option would be, well, how do I get customers? If I don't have the internet, how do I get customers? Well, I'm gonna have I'll to. I'll go through a broker. I I I'm gonna have to hire a salesperson because there's really you know I'm gonna have to hire some someone to go out. And go door to door if they have to, knocking on doors, saying you, you know, uh, are you here's my business card, here's my business card. Either you're going to have to do it, or you're going to have to hire someone to do it. Well, in trucking, you don't have that. You don't have the ask. You don't have the ability. People don't just go out door to door. They just they buy a truck for a hundred thousand dollars, truck and trailer, and then they get their insurance. And then they jump in because brokers exist. If you can't, if, if, if I, I tell people, well, should I get into trucking? My first question is, could you do this if brokers did not exist? 
And if, when honestly, they I, honestly, I could I could do it without a broker. I need I need something. Just then, you're I, then you're not ready. Then you're not ready to do it. So if, when I say that to people, people are like, well, should I get into trucking? I say, well, could you do it if brokers didn't exist? And they say, well, no. I say, well, then you're not ready to get in this business yet. You're not ready yet. Once you can say, yes, I think I can. And then I say, well, how? I will go door to door to every business and I won't buy a tr- I won't buy the truck until one of these businesses say they will give me a chance. Okay. So you don't think you don't think I can be profitable if I just um you know I I have a broker that I work with. You well that's different cuz I asked you earlier do you have any brokers you've said. So now if you come to me and say, well Okay, I have a specific broker who's a friend of mine who I've interacted with, who's in, or or I've had a, a specific bro- broker that I went to. I've told them that I would do a good job for him. I'm going to have to give a little bit in the beginning, but once I prove myself, I'm hoping he'll give me more. That's a plan. But a lot of people come into this industry and they don't want a plan. They they want a free ride. And it's there's no free if you give a free ride, more people come in which then doesn't help the industry. It hurts the industry. Free rides and free money in this industry, in any industry, hurts it. If I'm going to guarantee you $3 a mile, does that benefit or does it hurt? Uh, yeah, I am streaming. Hang, hang uh, on a sec. And, and this is the aspect of this that I, I, when I called him on the phone, I said, you're a little bit confused, and he had a hissy fit. He literally, I swear to God, had a hissy fit and blamed the color of his skin on the phone conversation. And I'm like, whoa, bro. I, I, he, I'm obviously I here to educate people. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a black guy myself, but I don't think the color of your skin got anything to do well, with I, it. Yeah, I'm white think, and you're black. I think, and you just asked yeah, me a I question. Think, I think lack of knowledge. So that's why I come to your channel to get the knowledge that I need. I want to jump out there with a chicken with, with like a chicken with a head cut off. Right. You know, I want to get as much knowledge as I, I can. And there's ups and downs. And and this is where you, it's look, you got to. I said this joking around in my Antifa thing, right? Either you're either you're pimping or you're being pimped, right? You got to be able to sell yourself like it or not. You got to be able to sell your services and sell yourself to say, look, look, I know you're not going to give me top dollar first lane, but let me earn that. Let me earn better rates from you. Let me earn better money from you. It's just like he's saying, all loads should pay 350. How about all you should be able to earn 350 a mile from me? All, you know, when, when you start out a business, if you're going to hire someone, do you start them out at minimum wage if they don't know what they're doing until they get better at what they do? Yes. Well, yeah. Right. And so at what point in trucking, just because you bought a truck, does it make it where I have to give you three fifty a mile? You, you, but my my thing is is like if I got a low cost of operation being you, I, I don't need three dollars a mile. I can always say I can say, Oh, I could do it for like one seventy or two dollars a mile and sure. still be profitable. Sure. And there are gonna be and look, and it's it's even hard to say I'll do it for 170 because you have to look at every, you know, you have to look at the situation just like I said. All right, look, if you can get me $2 a mile, there's a load coming back for $1.50 a mile, and I can easily turn a profit there. Can you, can you hold, can you hold the load until I can call the other care, uh, broker and see if he, he can give me that other load? 
And this is working with brokers. Hey, uh, this load's paying about two bucks a mile. Ooh, I'd like to be at 250, but there's a load coming out of the other end of this one. Hold the load for me. Give me 15 minutes to call this other guy and see if he's got his load that'll bring me right back. And I'll call you right back. Okay. And then you called the other broker. You called me back and you're like, all right, let's do it for the two bucks a mile. But remember me next time when you got, you know, when you got that million dollar load, I was there for you for this one, right? You work with me. I'll work with you. We're going to build a relationship. Uh, let's get this done, right? And, and that's what brokers start. To, you want them to remember your name. You want them to remember you. You want them to say, uh, where's he at? Where are you at? If you, ain't renting, if you ain't renting space in a broker's head, you're not doing it right. And I'm not meaning bad space. I'm meaning you want them calling you. There are carriers that I call. They're my first phone call. Hey, when you coming to Texas? Hey, when you coming to, to, to North Carolina? Hey, when you coming here? When you coming there? And, and, and this is kind of the aspect of that. And you just have to think, can, can I do this? If brokers didn't exist, could I do this? Could I get a customer? Could I sell myself? Could I, you know, could I give good enough service to do it better than the truck parked next to me? Am I? Yeah, I, I was, I was watching a video about um this guy. He he got a carrier. He went out there, went and got his own customer, and like he was he was talking about step by step how he did. And I was like, well, that's a lot of that's a lot of work. It didn't. <laughs> If the wheels not turning, I'm not earning. You telling me I have to drive around my city looking for these customers and correct. And it's just, it's just, and then you got to have sales experience. And then, like you said, I got to have, I got to have something I can, I can offer. If like if the next person can come in and offer, like 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 you said with um PQL, they can offer all these things. Then hey, I'm out the picture. And then I'm already in the hole because. Right. I've been driving around all day. I'm not moving no freight. My truck is parked, and I'm I'm also a one man operation. Right. So I feel like yeah, we we do need brokers. Are there some shady brokers? Yeah, they probably be. But at, at, like you said, you have to work your way up the ladder. You do. If you if if, if I just got my authority and then I call you and you be like, look, I got you a loan for one eighty. You know, and I and I and I and I'm I'm proving I'm proving myself. I'm picking up on time. I'm dropping off on time. And then you might turn around and say, "I'll start giving you two twenty five for the load or whatnot." Like that's that's working with a broker that that's real good for you. He's he's looking out for the best interest. You you just had to work for it. Don't nothing come overnight. So I understand that. But I just like with this broker transparency. I do believe there is it's gonna be a major problem that comes with that. Yeah, and, and the problem is like I said, that what your people are not thinking of is broker transparency means everybody in the loop gets to see the price. That means the shipper. I might have to email that to the shipper, and the shipper's gonna now see what you guys are hauling it for. And if you guys are now hauling it for a thousand dollars, they're not gonna come up on their price. Why would they? They're gonna give it to you for what you're already hauling it for. They're not gonna give you a raise, right? You don't work for them. They're going to give you the money that you're already moving it for. And if you're a bro, if you're a truck driver and you say, I want to see how much this pays, they're just, I'm just not going to use you anymore. I mean, if, if okay. you, I'm not going to be, I, look, brokers, like I, as a broker, I don't work for you. I work with you. And if you're not willing to work with me and you want, you want to work against me by knowing how much, well, then you're against me. Right. Like, if you want to know how much I'm making on this, either we work together or we don't work at all, at all, right? So, oh, and then my last, 
my last question I wanted to uh, ask you. Okay, you know he was saying that um a minimum of three dollars or something like that amount. Yeah. Like, will will that say that was to happen? Okay. Will that raise the price on like all the goods that's in America? A- absolutely. Like, we already saw that. We already have proof of that from COVID. When COVID went up, inflation went up. When COVID, when when everybody gets more money. Everybody spends more money, which causes inflation. Inflation is caused by the distribution of money, not by the printing of it. You can print as much money as you want, but if you never distribute it to people, it, you, you don't get inflation. So if I'm paying okay. you more money, that means the goods on the truck, I've got to charge more for the goods on the truck. Did I lose you? Okay. Yeah. But I, let, me take this, let me take this next call, but it was, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you, sir. All right. Call from Jackknife TV. Hang on. Jackknife. Yo, what's up, Sage? Hey, what's going on, buddy? Hey, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm on with the other guy or not. Is this like a call waiting thing or no? No, he's off. He jumped off. Okay. But he okay. Can, he can hear you. So, so what, what I want to say is, you know, with with I guess the broker transparency and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so for an example, so I, I pulled some Tyson loads for a broker before and put it this way. The broker always called me first. I always got the email first on when these loads were available. Uh, for an example, some of these loads were paying anywhere from like, uh, you know, $2,000 to go from Pottsville PA to New Jersey, two stops. That's what they were paying about $2,000. So now did he maybe get paid more? Yeah, but I wasn't going to go into Tyson and secure those loads on myself. There, there's no way. I, I don't have 15 trucks or 20 truck minimum or whatever they you know they want to be able to even get into Tyson or a customer like that. So what what I'm saying is, if we end up doing this broker transparency, how much of these smaller one man shows or smaller fleets are going to be cut out of the equation? All of them. Yeah, exactly. All of them, and because you're um, you're not, and that's why I said. I, I'm different. Like I do over-dimensional freight. So it's going to be very difficult with my 16 years of moving over-dimensional freight for a new, a smaller one to, to, to work against me, right? Because I, I stuff like that. But if I was a new carrier, if you're a new carrier with two trucks and you want and you now have a brokerage and, and every single truck that comes in that you broker out to help you move your customer's freight wants to know how much it's loaded and everyone tries to backdoor you, how competitive are you going to be? At some point, you're just going to be like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the same thing, you know, why why do some of these large companies like Swift, PGT, and uh, what J.B. Hunt have their own brokerages? Because they simply can't move all their customer freight. Right, and that brokerage becomes <laughs> their sales department. Exactly, yep. And that businesses have sales. Look, I know I joke around stuff like that. One of my one of my things. But the oldest, the oldest business in the world, prostitution, has pimps, salespeople, right? People that go out and sell. Like it or not, want to hear it or not, use this term or not, they do. So if 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 you're not having some type of salesperson, if you're not either setting yourself up with a salesperson, then what makes you believe trucking doesn't need sales? If prostitution needs sales. What make and every other and, and McDonald's needs sales. What makes you think trucking doesn't? What makes you think getting a getting rid of all the brokers that you don't have to sell now you have to sell your services to, to the 
to the trucking company parked next to you at the truck stop. Yep. And, and if we and if we do, let's say, get the government to basically destroy the brokerage business model, I guess, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that, uh, what, what are these shippers uh, going to replace it with? Well, AI. It's going to be a lot of AI. It's going to be AI, machine learning. That's what it is right now. That's what they're moving towards right now because of the situation. Uh, and and as from what I what I understand, AI does not negotiate. <laughs> no, AI is here's your number, and and that's what you, they can easily get rid of brokers now through AI, machine learning technology that they just say, boom, the computer spits out the rate. This is what the rate pays right now. Here's what it pays. We're not negotiating. Here's your here's your rate. We don't need a broker. Here's AI, and it's not going to be three fifty a mile. And this is where broker no. transparency, uh, I, I it also allows everybody involved, which means the the shipper can take all of those. At the end of the year, the shipper can ask me for everything I paid for a carrier. They can take all that data and stick it into their AI system, and I can't say no because remember, broker transparency is for everybody involved in the transaction, not just the broker. And not just the truck driver. The shipper can now gather that whole year worth of paperwork, submit it to their, uh, there's a, uh, a huge company called Oracle, submit it to Oracle, which is an AI machine learning technology, submit all that paperwork to them, and you can't say no to what you paid the truck driver. I mean, if people can't see that this is a data collection system, I don't know what to tell them. I'm confused. Yeah, their brokerages are already using that system. Correct. But, <laughs> absolutely. And and now you have shippers that are basically going to be able to take that. And now that you don't you don't need that freight broker. You don't you just take that AI system that you've gathered years worth of tra- broker transparency paperwork, submitted it to the to your software company and say, "Well, this is these are the lanes that my broker paid that I paid my broker and that my broker paid the carrier for a whole year." Please enter this into your AI system, and then I would, because this is what I would do. I create a software that basically would, I'd say, give me a year's worth of, of broker transparency as a shipper. Um, give, I want to know what the broker paid the shipper and what the shi- and what the broker paid the carrier. You know, I will enter that into this software, and then at that point, we can basically just use this AI to create a rate based on the the information that you gave me through broker transparency that's what i do exactly (laughs) so if you guys think and then there's no negotiation with the computer i mean you can try uh but i've i've tried at i have tried negotiating with my atm i always lose well right there's an example how about jb hunt 360 you know absolutely (laughs) guys continuously go back to that because it's easy correct they're getting you know they're getting you know, raped on the back end, <laughs> you know. Correct. And so, that's, and so this, uh, and that's what I'm saying. You guys, I uh, look, and people are like, well, you don't want to choose your broker. Dude, I do OD. I'm the last to go. I'm the last to go, right? So I'm, uh, it, it's whatever. It is what it is. There's a lot more involved in OD than just right. picking out a load. And, and yeah. but a lot of you guys with this at broker transparency, it is, I don't hear screaming from CH Robinson. Do you on broker transparency? I don't hear complaining. I hear complaining from the, you know, the transportation administration, right? But I don't hear the big brokers bitching and screaming about it because they know that. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure most shipper shippers would like to get get rid of the brokers too. Absolutely, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. If they can go with AI and get just as much information and know what you're being paid, but you're not going to get a raise 
for doing the same job you did. You did the, you did this job. You're not going to get a raise. Like they're not just instantly going to give you more money because a business has to be able to justify giving you more money. And they can't say, well, we've eliminated the broker and we're just going to go ahead and give the, the carrier more money. Well, why are we giving the carrier more money? Well, just because, well, what were they doing it before? Well, they were doing it for a thousand. Well, why are we giving them more money? If they did it before for a thousand, why are we giving them more money? What's the justification? And people have to have answers for that or people lose their jobs. And if you can't justify why, then you're not going to get more money. You're not going to get more money just because the middle person's gone. I mean, this is why the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, right? If that was true, the middle class would be growing. If we gave more money to the middle class, we would be growing. But as AI comes in, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. I mean, I, I, it, to me, it's common sense. And this is where my frustration lies. It's like, I can show you evidence by the rich get richer and the poor get poor. I can show you evidence that you guys want bailouts and trucking, but you're the first to bitch if a bank gets bailed out. You're the first bit to, to say, if a bank can't do their job right, they should go under. Well, why can't I say if a trucking company can't do their job right, they should go under? Because if they go under, you get better rates. If you put it this way, if you're if you're a one man owner operator with your own authority, do you uh, do you ever have the ambition to grow? Are you always going to stay there? Is 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 that what you're trying to do? If that's what you're trying to do, then maybe you should lease to a carrier. Right. No, hundred percent. That that yeah. Hundred uh, percent. Basically, if you're not going to invest in your business and you're just going to sit there and do the easy low hanging fruit, the point and clicks, and the DAT, then you know what do you expect? Right. And, 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 and look, I, look, I'm a dick. I know it. I'm, I'm a total dick because I'm just blunt, man. I'm just telling you like it is. I'm blunt. I get tired of doing the dance, um, you know, it, but this is the truth of the matter. This is not this is not steering wheel holder. This is a business. When you get your authority and you buy your truck and you have these costs, it's not, you know, this is not an over. Yeah, this is not like a company driver position that you just make 10 times more in correct you know? and this is the yeah. and it's just like he wants 350 a mile look when i started driving it was 21 cents a mile or no 19 19 cents a mile uh until i went flatbed then it was 21 cents a mile so it was 19 cents a mile drivers are making they have gotten a raise like company drivers make more than 19 cents a mile now right i would you know oh yeah okay yeah. so trucking rates have gone up Spot market rates have not. So contracted rates have gone up, and there is there because company uh, company driver rates have gone up. If you want a consistent three dollars a mile or a consistent uh, pay, then that pay should be then you should be a company driver where you can every mile you drive it's whatever I don't know fifty cents a mile whatever your 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 it is now right. That's what it should be. But the minute we start to say hey, hey anytime I haul freight it should be three fifty a mile. Well then, why should I be good at what I do? Who gives a shit? I mean, or I'm you go out and get your own customer, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then you gotta hope. Then you gotta hope and pray that you take care of that customer enough, and you offer enough of a value that they're not looking elsewhere. Right. I mean, you, we, we, if you guys want better rates, you can't make it easier for the people who are bad at their job. You can't do that because then you don't eliminate pe bad companies from this industry and I, I, I don't I, I can't explain that any so, better so great so in, instead of one owner operator being able to afford maybe like a 
Chevy Silverado, brand new Chevy Silverado, we're all going to be able to afford Avios. Correct. <laughs> and at that point, just like I said, so now there's there's still the same amount of freight. So if you're going to get three dollars a mile, you're just going to have to wait until it's your turn in the free cheese line to get your load. Because we're all getting a loaf of cheese here. You're just next in line and wait for your spot. So at, at that point, and, and this is where I don't get, I get frustrated sometimes doing it. And look, me and CDN broker, we, we argue all the time, right? But he's a friend, he's a friend of mine, but it's good cop, bad cop situation. Um, you know, he, there's times that he says, well, unless you've done it, you shouldn't be able to talk about it, right? Unless you've been a carrier, you shouldn't be able to talk. I disagree because my wife, uh, she sees a, psychi- a psychiatrist who I'm pretty sure does not have split personalities. So just be, you know, so if you're a psychiatrist, you shouldn't have to have a split personality to treat somebody with split personalities, right? So obviously, you just have to be knowledgeable about an industry to help teach this, right? But the problem, that's the problem we have in this industry. Nobody wants to learn the industry. I just asked the other guy on the phone who called in. You want to sell cars. What would you do? Well, I want to be a mechanic, some type of mechanic, mechanically inclined, be able to learn this. Be able to, so you don't no, want to be. No, you don't have to do that. I would. The first thing I would do is fill my lot up full of Jeep Rubicon. Yeah, exactly. Just throw it. <laughs> I don't even have to know if it runs. I don't even have to know. Hey, should you be able to drive a standard? Well, maybe. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's. But we don't. We don't learn about this industry. We don't. Before you come. Well, you know, they, instead of instead of doing that, instead of going down the auction and seeing what sells and what makes the most high highest profit, they just randomly buy, you know, whatever they can get cheap. Right. And that's what I said. Well, wouldn't you want to know what yeah. type of vehicle sells better than others? Right. Well, you'd want to know what in your area. I live in Maine. The last thing you're going to want to do is sell two-wheel drive light cars in this area that you can only drive like for two months out of the year, right? <laughs> so exactly. you're not That's gonna... why I said I would sell my lot full of Jeep Rubicon right. because everyone sees that there's a highest profit margin. Exactly. You're <laughs> going to need a four-wheel drive car. So you'd want to know what in this area sells, right? You're going to want to know. And, and that's why I said when people call me and say, should I jump in? My first question is, could you do it without a broker? Uh, what do you mean? Pretend there's no internet. <laughs> Could you do this job? Uh, No, I don't. Exactly. So if you don't have an answer for that, don't jump into this industry. Because if you're going to put it this way, yeah. But it's like you ask you ask these guys what, who are their customers who, who what are they going to say the first thing they're going to say they're going to say Costco they're going to say Walmart yeah I get that they're going to say they're going to say Kraft they're going to say all these giant multi billion dollar corporations. You, you look right down the street at these small little warehouse uh, developments. They're your customers. Correct. And you right think? There. Do you now? Let me ask you this. At this point, it's just like this guy says: two percent. A broker should make two percent. Who's gonna? What? What new broker is gonna start for two percent of a load? What happens if I move? Wait, twenty dollars on twenty dollars on a thousand dollars. A thousand dollar load. I mean, twenty dollars. Like let me go right out. Let me go out right now and start meeting with all these companies and and buying lunch and stuff and driving my car all over the place to to get these uh, customers. Yeah. At what at what point does that person say? I, you know, now all you have left is super broker. All you have left is mega brokers. All you have left because they're the only ones that be like, they make money other ways. Just like Swift, Correct. they make twelve cents off probably every truck. Correct. You know? 
and and Swift, and that's the other thing too. A Swift can lose money on a truck because they're making money on the stock. They're making money on stock options. They're making money with drayage. They're making money with freight forwarding. They're making money on air. They're making money. You know, so it's like you real estate. Real estate. I mean, yep. I, I can't even phantom all the ways they're making money. And 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 this is where this industry is not. And and now look, how many people are going to hear this? Not enough. But it, it's what people actually need to hear. And and what about all the scam? This is just going to make all the scammy stuff worse on both yeah. ends, either on the broker side or on the uh, uh, carrier side. Yeah. It's going to reward the scammy brokers and the scammy carriers. No, I'll be exactly. And now, if you don't like TQL, don't use them. I'm cool with that. But if you think that now we're going to change the whole world and we're going to get rid of all these brokers, and we're going to do it by breaking the back of the shipper, that's your solution. Are you stupid? Not you. Are you kidding me? Where do you think that shipper is going to go? They're going to move. They're going to run right to Swift. They're going to no. They're going to move that shipper. You're, you're going to try to shut me down by, by charging me more money than I can afford. I'm going to move to Mexico. Oh, that's it. Yep. No. I'm going to move to China, Vietnam. I'm going to move to India. I'm going to outsource my shit. It, and then airdrop it. And then fly and then sell my sneakers and have Amazon deliver them. Have FedEx deliver it. Because that's what Amazon did. And, and, and this is where business, maybe some people should learn a little bit of business. Before they start a business, right? Exactly. Just to, just the concept of this stuff, and because you and I, I get confused on people are ready to invest money into something that they have no idea about. Now, look, I'm not going to say that my wife hasn't made that same problem investing way too much money in stuff that we. You know, I'm like, what? What is this thing? This is the you know online shopping has been the death of me basically sometimes, but. It's not $100,000. I might end up with a $100 toaster oven of some sort that we never use that sits on top of the thing, but I'm not ending up at $100,000. And we Wealthy people invest in things that bring them profit margin. Correct. Because they yeah. wealthy people can see a year down the road. And that's why they're wealthy. But And that, so it makes you wonder, did any of these truck drivers see a year down the road with all these five and six dollar mile rates that they were just going to last? Did any of them ask themselves if brokers didn't exist? What could I do this job? Could or, I, or if shippers business? could continue to keep this up? Right. I mean, but that—I mean, th- that's the biggest thing. Is if a broker wasn't there, could you do this job? Could you do it before you jump in this business? You have to be able to answer yes. How? Well, I got three customers down the road. I've already pr- approached them, walked in their door, knocked on their door, whatever. Um, dropped off cards, explained the situation, and said, you know, what's the name, what's your name, and would you give me an op? Uh, became, became those customers' solutions, no problem. exactly. Even put themselves out knocking on doors. Knocking on doors. And and they didn't. But Hey, let me, I'm going to uh, cover a couple more things here, but I, I appreciate the call in. Hey, no problem, Sage. Hey, yeah, have a good one. You too. Bye. All right, let me hit this. Take that load back to his masters and come back again. That's exactly what I sent them in an email. Come back again. We're not doing the loads for those that money. And that's what I'd like to tell my 20,000 followers. Be strong. Hold the line. When they call, say no. And when we break TQL, we're moving on to the next one. We'll go to J.B. Hunt. We'll go to Schneider. We'll go to all of them. Uh, 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 
all of them. We're going to move down the line, break each and every one of them in half, because at the end of the day, we're the ones putting the money in their pocket. Nobody else. They're making all that money off the loads that we're moving for them. At the end of the day, they work for us. When they call you, say no. No, 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 no. Now, you're welcome to break all these companies. You're welcome to put all their employees, uh, you know, um, out on the streets with no jobs. But again, I don't think you th he thinks this stuff through. I don't think he processes this information. If nobody has jobs, nobody is buying goods, which then lowers the volume of things being shipped, supply and demand. If we lower the volume of things being shipped, we don't need you, truck driver. We don't need you uh, because nothing's being shipped. And that's the situation we're in right now. Now, as a broker, I don't work for the truck driver. I don't work for the truck driver. The best way to show this, the best way to explain this to Mike here is Mike doesn't pay the broker. Mike doesn't pay me, right? I pay Mike. So I don't work for Mike. I work with Mike on behalf of the shipper. Me and Mike work together, per se, to move the load for the shipper. But I don't work for Mike. Right? I don't work for Mike. And this is where another part of confusion uh, he has. For him to say that I work for him, no. We work together. I work with him. And there's a difference. There's a huge difference. Just like there's a difference, and I want you to remember this. There are no friends in business. There's only allies. And you need to know the difference. And the internet has blurred that. Lots of people think they have friends on the internet. We don't. We're not friends. We're allies, right? A lot of people here might say, well, I, you know, I'm a friend of Sage. No, you're an ally. Because when Sage doesn't do what Sage, what you want Sage to do, you run away. And friends normally even know, you know, friends stick together even if you don't like what a friend's doing sometimes. Right? Unless it's extreme. But either way, there's a difference. So his confusion, which triggers him, basically said he's saying that I work for him. He doesn't pay me. And this is also um, the dean, Rob, thinks the same thing. He thinks that you get to see how much food is on the menu, blah, 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 his whole spiel. The dean's confused. Like, the truck driver does not pay the broker. The broker pays the truck driver on behalf of the shipper. The broker and truck driver are, are working together, or you, the, the main goal is to work together to give the best service between the two of them to the shipper. And that's how brokers should look at it. Now, a lot of them don't. I know that, right? But um, that's just kind of how, you know, it should be looked at in regards to that. Uh, when I started 36 years ago, I complained about brokers. Look, people are going to even complain about brokers forever because you always, you know, it's like because you don't know what they do and how they do it. So it's easier just to complain about them, right? just what it is. And let them know if they keep trying to give you these garbage rates, we're going to protest them. We're going to come after them. And you don't have to, you don't have to drive to Washington and beep your horn and wave a flag or nothing like that, because that's a waste of time. It's a waste of time. Washington could care less about anybody driving a truck. They prove it. Okay. 
We're going to go straight to the guys who care. And they care because it hurts their bottom line. Trust me. I know. No, no, I appreciate you, Mike. No, thank you for being on the show. You know, this this is definitely what the platform is about. You know what I mean? Just giving a voice to people and to the truck drivers out there. And so, you know, all you mother truckers out there, everybody, hey, you know, I'm glad to have Mike on the show. And this is not the first time that I've had people email me and say that, you know, we need to do something because the rates are in the toilets and people can't provide for their family. So, you know, yeah, it's sad, man. It's sad. It's sad when a guy calls me up in the middle of the night and says, yo, Mike, they're in my they're in my driveway right now, towing my tractor away, repossessing my tractor. You know what I mean? It's sad when a guy's uh when you know when a, a lady's calling me up telling me a house is getting repossessed, you know, or they have to take their truck off the Look, the issue is is that like it or not, business don't care about your feelings. They don't care that that makes you sad. Right? It they, it that's nothing to do with business unfortunately. If you want to deal with fit feelings, then don't go into business. Right? Because the the way Rates come up is less people able to service the customer. So you have to now pay more to get the truck to, ser- to show up at the customer. We can't build every- let everybody in and make it all fair to everybody and expect the best rates. That does not work. It does not work because they can't afford it anymore. Or they've been out for a month and all of their money went to fuel. Every single. Ah, uh, the truck driver is working for you when you are taking 50% of the line haul. If you took the load for the price that you quoted the load for, then yes, we're working together. You, you, you took the load. You took the load. If we all work for $3.50 a mile, then you're not going to be able to turn down loads to New York City. You're going to have to haul that shit to New York City. If you don't like it, too bad. You're all communism. You're going to go where we tell you to go. You're not going to get more money for New York City and, and, and driving down on the island. No, you're just going to do it. Don't like it? Too bad. Here's your 350 a mile. Do it. If you took the load... The truck driver is working for you when you're taking 50% of the line haul. No, the truck driver is working with me when he takes the load for whatever price I've offered him. Is that difficult for you to understand? You took the load. You weren't forced to take it. You took the load. That means that the price and where it was going worked for you. I didn't force you to take it. You're not a company driver. You took the load. I could make 250% on top of that load. Who cares? You got the money you wanted because you took the load. If you can't understand that portion of business, get out of business. You don't deserve to be here. And you're one of the people that are going to have to fail so that other drivers can make more money. That's the truth. I know it hurts your feelings. It's unfortunate, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry you have feelings that are hurt by the fact that you took money to do a load. And I made money also. I don't know what to tell you. 
right? So then you are driving up rates with minimum skin in the game. What's minimum skin? You want to call in? You want me to give you the number so you can call in? Because I'd like to know what minimum skin in the game is. I bet you my insurance is more than your insurance. My ability to sell is better than your ability to sell. My knowledge of the industry is way more than your knowledge of the industry. I have a CDL license. I've had a carrier and I have a brokerage. So I can already do everything you can do. I've driven flatbed. So I can already do everything you can do and more. Am I worth more? How do we divide education? Where do we place education, knowledge, and, and skills? What is the price that you would give me for my education in the industry, my knowledge of the, of the industry, and my sales skills to bring in a million dollars? What is that worth? What is education worth? Because education is actually worth a lot. That's why we pay a lot of money for our, for our kids to go to school, right? That's why, we, that's why we try to pay, you know, we try to send our kids to like a private school. We try to pay for an education. That's why we tell our kids, get a good education. Should a promoter make more than a boxer? I, 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 should a, the promoter make more than the boxer on the one fight? Yes. Depending on, depending on the fight. The promoter's got to do a lot of jobs, right? I, I don't know. I've never been a promoter, so I'm just going off. So should the promoter that handles all the aspects make more than the boxer? Maybe, depending on the promotion of the, of the event. Um, what, where, how many people is he able to bring into the event? How, where is he actually hosting the event? How did he advertise the event? How did he market the event? Um, is he covering the trainer? Is he covering the people on the side of the boxer? The, the, the guy that stitches up the eye, you know, when he gets punched, the medical person, um, like what is all entailed in what the promoter did? Like how much other stuff did the promoter do? What than the boxer just fighting? So yes, if the boxers are going to go in there and fight, what other aspects did the promoter do? Is he providing the venue, the ticket sales, the promotion, the marketing, the the fighters, uh, medical team, the fighters' water person? I don't know anything else. Is he you know getting the sponsorship for the gloves? Is he getting the um like what is he all doing for that? Because I, I, brokers don't make more than the truck, right? Very rarely are you making $3,000 and I'm making $4,000. If, if, if ever, I've never made more than the truck, ever. I have never taken more money than what I'm paying a truck. So if the load pays $1,000, I, I, I've never done that, right? So... Yes. Can, do I, can, can I make more money than a single truck carrier? Yes, because I can move more trucks. You only have one. I have access to possibly 30 to move more, you know, to move more loads. But I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a fighter, but I'm, I'm going to say yes. At some aspects, depending on what that promoter does, 
he might make more than the boxer. And in that circumstance, should he? I would think so. I would think so. Because, you know, that boxer chose to fight. <laughs> he chose just to be the boxer. I don't know. Should, should Michael Jordan make more as a player than he does as the owner of the team? I don't know. The owner of the team handles all the players. The owner of the team handles the stadium. The owner of the team handles the marketing and the jerseys and the and merch and, and the tickets and the, and the vendors and the revenue. No, I wouldn't think Michael Jordan should make more than the, the owner of the team. Do you? Penny went to fuel. Mm. You know what I mean? And uh, or, or, or their truck uh, broke down on the highway and they don't have any more money to call roadside uh, 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 to fix it. And I, I, I got to pay to fix their trucks. That sounds like bad business. If you have no money to fix your truck because your truck keeps breaking down, you go out of business. You claim bankruptcy. You get out of the industry, which means we have one less trucks, which means somebody's going to get maybe a little bit more money because there are less trucks in the area. The better business people survive. The bad business people fall off. Rates come back up for the people who have worked harder, who have learned more, and who push harder to be better at their business. I know that theory sucks, and I know that thought process is hard, but fuck you and your participation trophies, right? I never got a goddamn participation trophy. When I went in 2008 and everything hit, went to shit and I had to choose one or the other, I was behind on fucking everything, all my payments, everything. No one gave me a participation trophy. No one. I worked my ass off to be the best that I possibly could be. I worked my ass off to be better than you at this job. That was my goal. I am going to be better than you. That meant all of you. Now, am I? No, but I sure worked my ass off to be better as, as, than as many as I possibly could. I didn't say, well, you know, I need a minimum rate. I never said that. Well, we don't push that anymore. We don't push knowledge. We don't push education. We don't push working harder than the next guy anymore. You guys want the pussy way out. We all can't be pussies. Some of us got to be dicks. And I guess I'm just going to sit here and be the dick. You know, uh, or here's another one, you know, these garbage trucks from Freightliner and uh, all these other companies, you know, this DPF system doesn't work. So their, 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 their DPF uh, uh, shuts down and it derates them and they got to call roadside and they get to the dealer and the dealer's telling them, oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, we know what the problem is, but you got to wait two weeks. Go stay in the hotel because I got 150 trucks sitting here with the same problem. You know what I mean? You know, like, we're, we're how, how does he fix that? How do you fix that? Yeah. I've got 150 trucks to fix ahead of you. Do you, you want to know how you could probably fix that? What if I paid more money? Would you move me up to the front of the line? What if I paid an expedite fee? Would you move me up to the front of the line? What if you went to another mechanic and said, look, I'll pay an extra thousand bucks to get bumped up. Sucks, but welcome to business. Decisions you got to make. This is part of trucking. So what am I supposed to do? Tell the mechanic, sorry, you, you can't have 150 trucks ahead of this guy? 
What the hell is that? What are you even talking about, Mike? We're all dealing with this. We're all dealing with this. And the, the government's not listening. Nobody's listening. But we can make the people who care listen. The guys like TQL and the shippers, they care. Because if our trucks aren't on the road moving their crap, they don't get paid. And that's what we need to do. We need to, one by one, start shutting them down and hitting them in the bottom line where it hurts. And start with the big ones, like TQL. So here's what's going to happen with this. And this is why I bring this up. And you guys can, uh, you guys are welcome to protest TQL. And you're welcome to do whatever you want. You're welcome to protest every broker out there. But as you guys are not hauling freight, you are literally driving the rates up for the guys who will haul the freight. And eventually you will go broke and they will keep running. You will fall out and they will get the money they wanted anyways. So you're, you're actually doing a good thing for the industry by not hauling the freight and not making money and possibly, you know, turning your truck in. No, I appreciate, I appreciate you. It. Uh, you know, you're a bed bugging brother, man. I mean, you see that you, I worked for North American Van Lines for 10 years, you know, I, you know, and I had a lot of my bed, uh, bed bugging brothers go to the freight because, it, you know, they were tired of just moving furniture, you know. And you were at North American? Yeah, yeah, you don't see my truck right there? You know what? I'm so busy looking at you in that nice hat, I didn't notice the truck. So you know what I'm talking about with household goods. Yeah, that's all I've ever done. All my family. Yeah, we don't, we don't use brokers. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? We, we get our own loads. We don't use brokers. So, like, I know what you're going to say. When your guys went over... And you don't have to use them in general freight. You can go with a trucking authority. You can go get your own customers. You don't have to use them, Mike. You're choosing to use them. But a general freight, they were like... Who's this guy telling me what he's going to pay me? You know what I mean? What is he talking about? $2 a mile, $1.50 a mile. I make my own pay. I tell the customer what I'm going to charge to move their load. And you can, and you should. But if you come in and you say, well, I want you to pay me three fifty dollars a mile, and I say, well, I choose to, cho to pick someone else, you can't force me to use you. You know what I mean? And, and that's the weird thing. Like, you know, in household goods, a customer says, Thank you. Can I have my bill? You know, like a normal transaction. Yeah, sure. No problem. I'm going to write it all out right now and I'm going to give it to you. And you can just pay me right here. You know, it's a normal, peaceful, civil transaction. In general, break, it's like it's like animals. You know what I mean? And, and it shouldn't be like that. It should be more like household goods. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because when people get into it's harder to get into household goods because you have to have knowledge about what you're doing and you have to understand all that. It's when you jump into general freight. You have people who have no idea what they're doing. People who just buy a truck and buy this stuff when the money's high and jump in. And again, we right now we have capacity up here and freight down here. Capacity came up. Trucks came up. We had a record amount of trucks in. The only way for freight rates to come up, go back up, is to get rid of the high capacity, the supply and demand. These guys are going to have to fall off. They're going to have to, they jumped in when it was good. They're going to have to jump out when it's bad. And then the guys who have been in here for the long haul, no pun intended, can stick around. But what we're not going to do is just say, you know what? Because all these guys jumped in, we have all these extra drivers and all these extra trucks. We should just give them free money, right? You guys all bitch and complain when the government gives free money. When the government bails out the banks, when the government bails out the, the auto industry, when the government bails this out, but yet here you are wanting your hand out rather than find a way to be better at what you're doing and, and, and survive a downturn in business. 
and that's what we don't do. We don't. We sh- we should not survive. We sh- you know, if you can't bail out a bank, you can't bail you out when your business isn't. You know, when you screw up in the decisions that you make. We should dictate what we're going to get paid. It's okay. our budget, our labor. I know. I agree with that. You know, uh, another one that's the general uh, problem as well, and this is one that sometimes people don't like talking about. I feel is, you know, one one hundred percent a lot of scammy brokers. Number two, yes, man. You know, they say it's a brotherhood and, and, and whatnot, you know, the, the men and women in the trucking industry. But I can't tell you how many times one of our brothers or sisters will find out about a contract and, and, and bid so low to try to win this contract over and, and get, you know what? These shippers are entrepreneurs. You know, if they got, if you, if they got a contract and, and someone is servicing them well, I mean, you need to have some respect there and leave that alone. You know what I mean? It, you know, that's, that's the problem. You know, because what they say is, oh, how much, how much are you doing it for? Oh, yeah, yeah. We've already, we already have another company with six, you know, they might have 50 trucks, right? And so they might say, you know, uh, yeah, they charge me $4 a, a mile to do this. But you might have two trucks and think that you could get in on this and be like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do it for, I'll do it for $250. And, and you're cutting your own brother, you know, and, and that's. No, we're not brothers and sisters. This is my, my frustration with Alex right here. We're not brothers and sisters in business. We're not brothers and sisters. We're allies. We're not friends. We're not brothers and sisters. Uh, you know, hey, Alex, you're my brother right now. I need $1,000. You're going to mail me $1,000? You, Alex, everybody that comes to you right now and says, hey, would you loan me 1000 bucks? Are you going to do that? We're all brothers. You're my brother. I want everyone to shoot him, a, your brother Alex, a, a message and say you need $1,000. And I want to see how many people he mails $1,000 to, his fellow brothers. And sisters, he's not, and I wouldn't expect him to, because we're not brothers and sisters. I'm gonna feed my family just like you're gonna feed your family. So if I, if you're somebody's doing it for four dollars a mile, and I think I can do it for three fifty a mile, and I can get the business, and I can feed my family, and I can put food on my table, that's business. That's business. I'm not just gonna walk away and say, "Shit, he's getting four bucks a mile." I'd rather starve. Uh, I'd rather surrender my truck. I'd rather not feed my wife. I don't know. No. It's business. It's business. I'm sorry, Alex. It's business. You're not my, when it comes to business, you're not my brother. You're not. You're not going to give me $1,000 every time I need to make all of us $1,000, Alex. You got the money. Start giving everybody that asks you for money a thousand bucks like we're all family. It's business. Part of business is is giving service, and part of business might be I can do it for a little cheaper. And I can steam my doors open and I can do it for a little cheaper. What if I legitimately can do something for $375 a mile? You're doing it for four, and I truly can cut my cost to do it for a profit. A good profit, a seventy-five cent a mile profit. Am I not allowed to come in and quote you three seventy-five a mile? Why? I've obviously figured out how to run my business better than you. That's another issue too in this game that people don't realize is yeah, I agree. There's there's a lot of because I see the game right, Mike. So one thing they do is the shipper, you know, they throw out the load to the broker. Now that broker think he's the only broker that no, got that that got that bid. Nah, that shipper is throwing that same load out to fifty brokers. So it, yeah, it's one of those. That. It's almost like the scenario of like buying a car. 
the, mm-hmm. the dealership want the highest price and and the person the consumer buying the car wants the lowest price right. so no one ever leaves happy because the shipper wants the best bid and then the then they're throwing it to 50 shark brokers and then they find the one with the cheapest one and then the broker's trying to find the dude with it so at the bottom of when's the mike mike or alex when's the last time you guys went to a dealership and they were like hey this car is fifty thousand dollars and you just basically said yeah i'll pay that i'll give you that you don't ask for anything off you just say yeah i'll pay that you don't anytime you go to buy a car you asked, what can we get off? Can we, can we do $45,000? Can we do $48,000? Can we do 50? You never walk into a car dealership and just say, yeah, I'll take that one. You always ask for a deal. Because it's business. It's business. The bottom of the bottom, it's almost like we fighting for scraps. And right, so, right. So, you know, it's, it's one thing where, yes, 1,000%, I agree. They, they need to pay us what we're worth. I mean, I think another big part of it too is, you know, what you could put into your group too is we got to educate these truck drivers. Man, when you ask a truck driver that's been doing this. All right. He's going to say something that you all need to know what your numbers are. But the last thing he just said was, we got to pay you what you're worth. Well, what are you worth? What are you worth, right? Are you worth 350 a mile? I don't know. All you can provide is a one truck one time compared to somebody that can provide 50 trucks compared to somebody that can provide 50 trucks, a brokerage. Compared to somebody who can buy 50 trucks, a brokerage, and warehousing? Because they all want 350 a mile. But if I got to give somebody 350 a mile, I'm going to give it 350 a mile to the guy that can give me 50 trucks, a brokerage, a warehouse, freight forwarding, and rail services. Can you do that? Because the other guy wants 350 a mile, but can give me all that. He's worth it. You're not. You're not worth 350 a mile unless you can give me all those services. For many years, what their bottom line per truck is, what their cost per mile is, they don't even know. Like mm-hmm. they see the big number, but they don't even know they're moving this for free. It's right, like, right. It's like crazy, you know. And or so, for fuel, right? Or for fuel, you know what I mean? Like it, it's tough. And I, I'm agree. I'm gonna agree with you on that point. You know what I mean? I, I I've always tried to post in the group. Uh, you know, uh, you try to learn your, you know, your cost to operate and stuff like that. Um. I try to educate people on how to uh, uh, start, how to not just start their own authority, but be able to stay in the business and keep your authority. You know, uh, I try to educate people on that. And, you know, the thing with WM on time trucking is like we bring in owner operators, but we don't just bring them in and, you know, start giving them loads. We work with them one on one and we're very transparent. We give them all of the rate con information, all of the broker information. We give them all of the information. We, from the start, we teach them how to operate their business successfully because we don't want them to stay leased on to our authority forever. We're different than all of these other companies. You know, they get them leased onto their authority and they want to lock them in for life. They want to run them straight into the ground and lock them in for for life. We want to get them to the point where if they decide they want to go out on their own and do their own thing, they know how to get good fuel cars. They know how to get cheap uh, cheap uh, parts for their trucks. They know where to get loads from. They know where to get dedicated lanes from. They know who to call. We give them all of that information. So they take all that with them when they decide to hop and go out on their own. Um, I, I hear you on that point. A lot of these guys jumped right in it and they do not know how to, how to calculate their cost per mile uh, or how much it costs them to actually operate. And when they see these rates, they jump all over. It. Oh, yeah, that's a great rate. And they jump all over. It. One other thing I want to uh, touch on that you brought up, the scam brokers. Last year, I took so many losses from brokers that were burning their MCs, uh, putting up fake loads or real loads and just running away with the money and not paying me. 
Now, I agree. There is a huge problem with scam brokerages, a monstrous problem with that. Um, I do believe that that has to be fixed. We can't allow brokerages, as in my opinion, as an infrastructure, as a country's infrastructure uh, industry, we can't allow that to be outsourced to other countries where there's no, there's, you know, no control over um, the brokerage can just take, just not even in this country. I do believe that there should be qualifications I should have to take um, to maintain my, my broker authority. I should have to hit take, you know, two year or three year um, re-education services, uh, basically continue, I'm sorry, um, continuing education services, uh, re-education, I sound like I'm Democrat. Um, to continue to to be knowledgeable about the industry, to continue to learn like you do when you do a physical therapist or when you are a personal trainer, re-education after so many years to re-up your certification. I do believe that that is something that should be held uh, at a level of a freight brokerage and also be level, uh, there should be a certification for a freight agent, which is, you know, if I'm a freight broker, I have to take the, a higher test and the freight, which I am, I'm the freight broker. And then anybody who's an agent for me should have to come in with a uh, freight agent certification. We do that for pilot cars now. And I do believe that that should be something that, um, might, that we do that. Uh, why do brokers make you sign off on asking for 375 records to be kept by brokers when they sign up for carry? Okay, so that is the, the broker transparency one. And that is something I've actually talked to an FMCSA um, officer about. Now, the FMCSA does not come in and audit me in any way, shape, or form. The, one of the main reasons for that to be put in there is for lawsuits uh, so that the, you don't have to get a warrant to obtain paperwork. Um, so for personal lawsuits, if you're in a wreck, a lawyer can come in and request all the paperwork. All right. So they, I can't. So if somebody wants to, and somebody was in a wreck on a personal side lawsuit, you can now come in and you don't need a warrant for this paperwork. You don't, you can legitimately lawyers can then come in and take all the paperwork from all three parties. If they're representing, let's say the carrier or the shipper or the broker, and nobody can, you can't stop me from giving it to that lawyer. Okay. That's why it's written the way it's written. Um, it's written in regards to you can only come in during regular business hours and none of the paperwork can leave. Uh, but a lawyer can come in, take a look at that, see if there's something that they see, and then decide if they want to take the case or not. Okay. Now, you sign off on that because obviously. <coughs> Brokers don't want you to be able to give this stuff to people, right? They don't want you to be able to share that information. There are um, non-disclosure agreements that I sign with some of my, my shippers that I can't relinquish that information. The uh, Defense Production Act, I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement in regards to that stuff. Um, so there are people that if you do want to haul this freight, this the, you know these loads for me, you're going to, because my customer requires a non-disclosure agreement, you are going to have to sign that same type of situation in regards to this. So you're going to have to waive that. Now they've stuck it in there and created a knee jerk reaction where they just have you sign off on it. Now the, and the government can't come in, uh, you know, constitutionally they can't come in and, and dictate private company type stuff. So they just have you sign off on, on all of it. Do I agree with it? No, I don't agree with it. I agree with it on specific loads uh, that I, if I have to sign a non-disclosure agreement, you're going to sign a non-disclosure agreement. You don't want it. Don't haul the load. Um, but that's also, that is a, a part of Carmack. 
and that is also a part of st- uh, crossing state lines uh, when when Carmat kicks in. Uh, Carmat is. Uh, do I believe you that I can make you sign that? I don't. Um, I feel that the only person that can that can have you sign an agreement like that is the shipper, uh, because that is a that is a rule in Carmack, and Carmack does not pertain to the broker. I need to be knowledgeable about Carmack, which I am knowledgeable about Carmack, but the Carmack amendment pertains to the shipper and the carrier. It does not pertain to me, but I need to know about it so that I can explain it to the carrier and I can explain it to the shipper. Um, that's a part of my job, but it does not pertain to me. So I don't, I don't feel you should be, you should be waiving that. Uh, but I, as a business, have the right to ask you to waive it. You, as a business, has the right to decline to waive that. Um, and that's basically that. Uh, in the U.S., a promoter can only be paid a maximum of 33% of the purse uh, for a big fight and can be considered amount of the money. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I have no idea. Um uh, Okay, you know what I'm saying? I I had no idea if if one could <clears throat> be paid more. If they're doing more, okay. You see what I'm saying? I have no idea. I just know it at what point at what point is so can I make 33%? If I'm doing the job of a dispatcher and a promoter and a salesperson, can I make 66%? and pay you 33% for hauling the load. I'm dispatching you and doing sales. All you're doing is hauling the load. Can I make 66% and you make 33%? I think that's fair. Right? I mean, all you're doing is hauling the freight. Literally, we now have self-driving trucks. We have self-driving trucks who can do your job. We have them. I am doing dispatching, finances, sales, operations. I think I should make 66% of the load, and you make 33% of the load. That's fair. And, you know, that's an issue with the insurance company because the insurance companies are in on that scam. They pay pennies on the dollar for those losses. You know, I remember one in particular that I'm paying off right now. It was a $6,500 load. The insurance company paid me $900 for it. That's what they came back and offered me for the loss, $900. You know what I mean? So, you know. Now, insurance is changing. Um, I I was going to do a video on it. I'm not. But insurance is changing. There's going to be some big changes in insurance. Insurance is going to be going more towards a cost per mile type situation. Uh, rather than a lump sum that's through AI, through uh, technology, through data collection, through ELD, through camera, through all this stuff, insurance is going to be switching uh, to log into your ELDs and watch your cameras and pay you cost per mile. So there is going to be some changes in the insurance uh, coming down the pike also. That, that's definitely a big problem. In my group, I deal with that on a daily basis. I'm, I'm dealing with these people left and right. They're coming in my group and they're trying to find, you know, uh, owner operators that don't know any better to try to rip off. And I'm dealing with them left and right. Now, to address that point you brought up about the rates with the uh, shippers. Mm-hmm. Listen, these shippers are business people. They want to get their loads moved for the cheapest cost possible. And I respect that. But you have to do that to a degree. Actually, you don't respect that because you're telling me I have to pay you three fifty a mile. So you don't don't tell me you respect that. You don't respect that. 
you're telling me to give it up. You told me to give up the money and pay and pay you. So please don't tell me you respect that. That's a lie. They're not stupid. They love the fact that we're divided because as long as we're divided, that's exactly what. No, they love the fact that there's too many of you. There's too many of you that basically um, cause supply and demand, uh, something that you learn in Business 101, and that as long as there's too many of you that don't know what you're doing, I'm going to wait. I'm going to go ahead and use that aspect, unfortunately, until you fall off and the people who know what they're doing are back in charge. They've been able to accomplish. Um, you're right, though. Guys that are coming in trying to you know, submit RFPs Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I love when dumbass brokers go to my customers because it is the easiest sell in the world following a dumbass broker who messed everything up because all I got to do is be better than them, which I am, and that customer loves me. So you guys, you almost want shit carriers in this industry. So when you show up to do a good job, you got a better selling point. Just giving you a heads up. For these loads. They should recognize that somebody is already in there and they shouldn't try to do a load that someone's getting four dollars a mile for. They shouldn't try to submit an RFP for two dollars and fifty cents a mile. That's Why? That's called business. If I can do it for two dollars and fifty cents a mile and make a fifty cent profit and that works for me, why are you now telling me I can't do that? Why are you now dictating to me how I should run my business? If you're getting four dollars a mile and I can do it for three fifty a mile and make a dollar fifty profit. Because I know how to run my business more optimally than you do. Are you kidding me? So now you're deciding who can go in business and what I can price. And how I should be able to compete. It's not my fault you're not good at what you do. It's not my fault I'm better than you. It's not my fault I can do something or I found a way. I found a way to be better for my customer. I had two specific trailers built that could haul two items on one trailer. When nobody else could, I used to charge a truck and a half price. I beat my competition every single time because I spent the money to have the trailers built. I could haul two items on one trailer. Everybody else could only haul one. They said, oh, you can't do that legally. I would show up with my truck and we would get it done legally because my truck was one piece. It didn't stretch. And I was able, I found a way to be smarter and more competitive and more profitable for both me and my customer. If I can find a way to be more profitable for both, for both me and my customer, your ass loses. That's business. Stupid. That's definitely cutting the throat of the next person and not you. I'm not cutting the throat. I'm literally feeding my family by being smarter at what I do. Give a shit about your brother. Um, when we decided to start WM on time trucking, it was a it was like an incubator. It was just a look. If I come to you as a customer, if I come to you as as a if I come to you as a carrier, and I say, look, I want your business because I am literally delivering across the street. I am coming here from Texas, and I'm coming to Syracuse, New York, and I'm delivering to the guy across the street. If you give me freight going back to Texas. I can give you a better rate than somebody that is using this as their outbound customer. Because for me, this is my return load back to my good, back to my head load customer.
So I can do this for cheaper if you give me all of your Texas loads. So instead of doing it for $4 a mile because they're leaving Syracuse and this is their outbound freight, I can come to you and do it for $3 a mile as long as it's within 100 miles of Houston, Texas. Am I, am I cutting the throat or am I a better business person? Motherfucker, I'm a better business person. Test uh, company to see how we could do with uh, General Freight. When we saw that we could basically get it done and we did well with it, we decided, my partner decided to start the broker division. So we have WM Logistics Services. Now, this is a guy who has a broker division. I, you, this is what I love. He has a Facebook page with 20,000 subscribers. I bet you he's not using that Facebook for broker transparency. I bet you he's not putting all of his customers' rates out on his Facebook page so that everybody in his Facebook group can see his broker transparency. I bet you he's not paying his freight agents 2% of the load. His LLC. Now, he runs the broker division, and basically, he's in charge of going out and introducing himself to the shippers and submitting the RFPs and stuff like that. And he comes back and he tells me exactly what you're saying. Um, you know, it, it's a cutthroat business out there. The shipper's trying to get these loads moved for the lowest price possible, and these brokers are putting in these bids that just don't make any sense. And we got to fit in somewhere. Take them. Come get some. Try. Compete against me. I love it. I love the competition. I love, as you see, I'm a very, uh, I love the back and forth. I love the debate. I love going head to head against people. You think you can take my customers? Bring it. I enjoy it. I'm obviously have no problem with this type of back and forth. Go take my head haul customers. People have tried. I've been there 14 years. And we've been finding it very difficult to be able to get dedicated lanes. We've been getting many of them. Most of them are in the Northeast. Um, but every place else, it's difficult because the rates that these, the, the offers that these brokers are putting in, they make no sense. Like they, they, they just not. So he's got dedicated lanes. Is he giving that out to his trucks, to his brokers for only 2% or is he taking more? I'd love for Mike to answer that question. I'd love for him to put that on his Facebook page. He's got dedicated lanes. He should be 150% transparent. He says these are his numbers, 150% transparent. That means more transparent than just the people hauling the freight. He needs to be an extra 50%. I think the extra 50% should go on his Facebook page so that 150% transparent would be good. That, remember, he said that in this interview, not me. He said that. Not making any sense. So when you see a load that's posting, the broker's coming and he's telling you, yeah, you know, uh, I got this load. I'm paying $400 for it. Come on. You know, there's much more than $400 in that load. You know what I mean? And um, as a new owner operator or someone trying to get that load, you just got to sit back and take a, take a deep breath and say to yourself, is there really only $400 in that load? Could this shipper actually only be paying this amount of money to move this stuff? Yes, they absolutely could. Somebody could have went to them for $400 and that shipper said, you win the bid. Um, and next thing you know, they, it, it might not get moved or somebody might be taking a loss to try to get into this customer to push the other brokers out and eventually up their rates. That's not true. There's a lot more money in that load. Do a little digging. Hang up the phone and call somebody else. I'm not saying every broker out there is a scumbag. I am saying that a lot of them are. And you don't have to take that load. 
hang up the phone, tell them no, move on to the next broker. There's a million of them out there. There you go. There you go. There's a million of them out there. And you're going to be doing yourself a favor, and you're going to be doing, I tell these guys all the time, you're going to be doing the guy that picks up the phone and calls this guy next a favor. Because if enough people keep saying no, guess what? That guy's going to move that rate up. He's going to say, okay, no one's biting at 400. I got to move this up to six. Okay, no one's biting at six. I got to move it up to eight. Okay, no one's biting at eight. I got to move it up to 12. You know, that's not always true, just so you guys know. You guys are also competing against the rail. You're also competing against company drivers that the shipper might own. Like my, uh, some of my customers have their own trucks. If they, if my rate, if they don't have the budget to move it from my rate, they will move it on one of their own trucks. Um, matter of fact, when the COVID prices started shooting up, the company decided rather to invest in some of the rates that they had, uh, you know, some of the rates that some of the drivers wanted. They took that money and invested in two more trucks. So they went from a two-truck um, company where they only had two trucks to four trucks. So now my customer, uh, they handle all the stuff. They'll handle some of their own loads, and now they have four trucks because rates got too high for some of their legal stuff. So they're oversized. For, I do their oversized freight, but all their legal stuff, they went out and decided to, to hire company drivers and invest in trucks rather than just pay three, four, five, six, seven, eight dollars a mile for, for legal freight. So it's not always that they're just going to raise the rate. Shippers are going to find, manufacturers are going to find ways to be, to stay profitable or they have to go under. So they can't just give whatever money they want. Because that's what he's got in that load. That's what he's got in that load. No, I agree with you. You know, it's, it's going to take, it's going to take people uh, to want to make a change. You just, you I, and that's not always true. Like I said, I have had some customers come to me and somebody else has quoted like $1,000 to move something that should pay $10,000. No joke. And then when that truck doesn't show up, they call me and they say, hey, can you move it for the same price that the other guy didn't move it for? Well, no, I can't. Um, well, what's your best price? And a lot of times I'm like, look, the best I can squeak if we do this and we do this and we do this and we do this might be eight. And a lot of times they'll just be like, look, I, we can't move it for eight. We don't, we don't have the budget for that. We only budgeted, you know, five, let's just say, right? Um, and I'm like, yeah, five still not even, I can't, I can't get it done for that because of this, because of that. And a lot of times that they have to find other ways to, to ship that either. They, they've sh might ship a partial load. Uh, they might wait for somebody to, you know, come in and be able to haul it for the price that they want. And there's a lot of things they might have to wait for their budget to come back where they're, where they actually have the money. But by that time, they don't want to come Look, customers don't like putting their tails between their legs. So even if you give them that price and you're right and, and you were right, they're not going to come back to you and use you again because they're going to have to hear the fact that you were right. And so sometimes customers don't want to hear that. You know, and that's the thing. So, you know, that's why I thought it was, it was great to have you on the show. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post this today and share it to the public. And I think that a lot of uh, owner operators are going to feel the same way that you feel about this. And so, you know, that's, that's what it's about. You know, it, it, it's, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, it's, it, it's definitely, I, I do a lot of the behind the scenes at where I'm, I'm listening. Congress don't care. Uh, they, I mean, yeah, we're joking. yeah. And I don't want them to care. I don't want them to care about every business. I don't want them to come in and say, you, you should get your minimum allowance. I'm not a child. Right. I don't want an allowance. I don't want my parents dictating to me how much my allowance should be. Uh, I want to get smarter at business. I want to learn more. I want to be better than the next guy. I want the competition. Right. I want I mean, uh, I played hockey. 
me and my brother played hockey and we always played levels up. Like, so when my, I was in, um, I played varsity. I played on the varsity hockey team when I was a freshman, right? I, we, we, we always wanted to play against a higher competition, the best competition. Um, like my, I, my defensive partner was Peter Ratchuk, who was drafted uh, last pick in the first round uh, to Florida. Right. So we just, I, we grew up with the competition. Now there was always kids better hundred percent, but I at least wanted the competition. I wanted to know that I gave my best I could. I sat here and thought of possible ways, better ways, you know, to be, I don't want the free ride. I don't want the free shit. I'm going to work my ass off to get it. And it's going to be me either doing it or me saying, uh, you know what, you win. But it's it's not going to be the free ride. And I don't want Congress coming in and saying, here's your free ride. Because once you make it a free ride and everybody's equal, you're done. You're done. You, you, your rate's going to, that's just going to be it. And at that point, service goes down. We all know that if everybody's paid $15 an hour to no, and you can't make any more money, and that's all you're ever going to make, no matter how good you are. People get complacent. Oh, man, we're a joke to them. They could care less. They could care less. And they're not supposed to care. They're not supposed to interfere in business. They're not supposed to dictate money. They're not supposed to inter, you know, inter, interfere in private industry. They're not supposed to. They are, but they're not supposed to, right? you pay income tax because they started to interfere during a time it was supposed to be temporary and it's still here today. We don't want that. Well, you know, the thing about it is it's, they can, if something becomes a, like you got to think about it this way, almost like yeah. the biggest shutdown that ever happened was during the time of COVID Correct. when everything just went like this. And the biggest thing they cared about was toilet paper. No, that wasn't the biggest thing that they cared about was toilet paper. It was one of the things that, look, we can't allow chaos in this in this country, right? The dollar, I just shared this on my thing. The dollar, the reason the dollar is the dollar isn't because of the petrodollar. It's because we have laws, we have rules, we have a structure in this country. We have this type of stuff. So the last thing you want is chaos. So toilet paper was used as an example of, of this aspect, but it was more of a focal point. Uh, a distraction to possible bigger situations. It's not that they didn't care. It's that they were dealing with something that's never happened before. They were dealing with a complete breakdown of the infrastructure of this country caused by another country. We learn that we are not in charge. We learn that we are easy for the pickings by as simple as somebody shutting us down. And we're making changes now against that. We're, we're outsourcing to different countries. We're, we're doing a lot of different things. But we saw what hybrid warfare was, and we're experiencing it right now. We're experiencing inflation caused by a shutdown of China. That, that effect of that shutdown is affecting our pocketbooks. And this is unrestricted warfare. And this is something else I used to talk about. But that was an aspect that it is a slow punch. They're not coming in to hit us hard, but they slow punched us to, for us to crumble ourselves. And the last thing the government's going to want to do is tell you what I just told you. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, so doing, doing what you're doing, I, I can definitely support not blocking highways. I could definitely support not just, you know, making the media point fingers at us and make us look like we're, we're hooligans and we're crazy. And so just being able to say no to cheap freight. And so all you mother truckers. What is cheap freight, Alex? What is cheap freight? Saying no to cheap freight. What is cheap freight? 350, 450, 550, 650, 750. What is cheap freight? 
It's not saying no. Stop that. Stop repeating that. Stop projecting that. Stop saying that shit, Alex. Everybody who's saying say no to cheap freight should shut the fuck up. And here's what I want you to start saying. Say no to not knowing your numbers. I want to make a t-shirt that says say no to not knowing your numbers. Say no to not knowing your numbers. Not say no to cheap freight. Say no to not knowing your numbers in the trucking industry. Don't say no to cheap freight. Say no to not knowing your numbers in the trucking industry. Why don't you start repeating that shit? Because what? If I can do it for just like I said, if I make you my back haul to my, to my head haul, I can do it for 50 cents cheaper because you're across the street. Am I doing it cheaper? Is that cheap freight? Fuck no. It's good business. Being profitable for the customer and yourself is good business. Finding ways that you can be profitable to the customer and profitable to yourself is good business. I could haul, I had a step deck built with a two foot deck height with a 43 foot bottom deck and I could haul two overdimensional pieces on one truck. Years ago, now they're already doing it. Years ago, I did that. I could haul two pieces for the price, for a truck and a half price. I became profitable to my customer. I made it where they could whoop other customers' ass on shipping, which made me profitable, and they, they were like, game on. Know your numbers. Exactly. Say no to cheap freight. Know your numbers. Say no to not knowing your numbers. Just know your numbers. You know what I know a magic thing? I would prefer not posting any prices on the load board ever. If you were, let's go to Datboard. Let's do this. Let's protest Datboard, Truck Stop, one, two, three, and tell them to take the price. Take the price off of the load board posting. That's what I want to do. That's the protest I want you guys all to do. Take the price off of the load board pricing. So when you log into the load board, you can't see what this load pays. You can't see it. There's no spot for it. You literally have to call and tell me your price. There's no price set. It. There's no price set. None at all. How many of you guys would be fucked? How many of you guys would be clueless? Staring at a screen saying, I, I don't know what to do here. Now what do I do? How many? That is a good protest. That would be a protest that when you were done figuring it out, it would make you a better business owner. How many of you guys want to do that protest? Put me down for that. We're protesting that board until you take the price off. So we have to call in and actually talk to brokers. And there is no pricing on there. You can't, you can't post a load and have a price on it. It's illegal. Make it happen. And I'm going to have a hunger strike. I could go a long time, though. That's, that might not work, obviously, as you can tell. 
hunger strike for me might not. Well, that could go either way, actually. Maybe that's a good thing because I could last longer than some others. Either way, that's what we should all do. Drive around Washington until we force that board to take the price off. Let me know how that works out. Why aren't you guys doing that one? That, that's your best bet. That's your best protest right there. So you actually have to know your own numbers when you call in and talk to a broker and be able to justify those numbers professional in a professional manner. Not just give me the money. Give me the money. Sorry, Mike. Your little hissy fit on the phone, dropping the, the, the color of your skin when you called me, bullshit. Whiny little bitch. All because I said you were confused. I asked you to be on the show. I asked you, I was, was going to be completely polite and go educate you with this stuff. Send you a copy of, of, my, of the fucking uh, six-hour audio book. Let you in on that. Help you out as a broker. Help you out. At... Fuck that noise. You showed me exactly who you were with that phone conversation. I, all because I said the word confused. Well, that's disrespectful. No, actually, that's... That's me being polite. Because I, I ain't normal. As we all know, I ain't normally polite. Yeah, I know. See what I'm saying? I, 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 I can easily go. Good. <laughs> I can last a while, too. So that might not be a good protest. Hunger strike for me. Either way, I got 40 pounds. I got I, Look, I got 40 pounds I can put in for the team. If you guys want to do this, you guys want to do a hunger strike, I got 40 pounds I can put in for the team. After that, um, that might I, I'm. That's all I can put in is forty pounds. Uh, you're not allowed to oversize freight. Supposed to be non-divisible, but I see it done every day. Yeah, correct. So overdimensional freight, you cannot create an overdimensional aspect with multiple pieces. Yeah, you can't put two pieces side by side. You can't put two pieces uh within that. Now, if it fits. If it fits within the cusp of the trailer, you can, okay? Unless you're dealing with weight. So you can't have, you can't be overweight. Whatever the, the aspect of the overdimensional freight cannot put you over your legal limits. So you can't have two six-foot pieces side by side. You can't have two uh, six-foot pieces standing on top of each other on a step deck. You can't be over on weight. But if you're hauling very light items and you fit within the trailer, you can have multiple pieces. Um, so if you have a 43-foot, if you have a 43-foot bottom, I could haul on a, on a, two, a step deck with a 2-foot deck height, two 12-foot diameter items, because they were round. For each one was 21 feet long, which was 42 feet. Well, normally they would have to go on an RGN, and you can't put two on because then you have to stretch the trailer, which would create an overdimensional aspect. So I had some trailers built, some tank trailers built that I could haul the tanks at six inches from the ground and I could put multiple, multiple trailers, uh, tanks on them. As long as the trailer is one solid piece, that's, that's your trailer, right? And, and it, now you're not creating an overdimensional aspect. The trailer is the aspect and you can do multiple pieces. And that was the trick that I did to uh, basically saved my customer a ton of money in regards to shipping, which made me an asset to them. Um, plus, I've been working with them so long that I've actually sold their items 
because people thought I, I had a website that I posted a lot of pictures. And people are like, hey, I want to buy one of those. And I'm like, uh, I don't, uh, I'll, I'll call you right back. And then I actually ended up selling stuff because I knew their stuff so well. But that being said, um, like I said, I don't think, and anybody who's still been listening, if, it, if you're looking for any type of factoring deal, I got under 2% negotiated with one of the best factoring companies out there for both your carrier and your brokerage with no ACH fee. Shoot me an email um, and I'll get you set up for that. But that being said, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. Um, I wanted to do this one. I wanted to do one last video and leave it up. And uh, this is it. So as of this, I think I'm good with uh, with doing YouTube. I, at some point, you start to repeat the same thing over and over and over again. And you get people like Mike, um, who leads, who ends up leading people to their doom and then uh, blames everybody else. And I, 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 it, it gets tiresome. Like I, I, I've been doing what I did. What CDN starting to do now? Let him take the reins. I did a years, you know, years ago, and tried to do the same thing, and it, it does nothing. But you're, people don't want to listen. People don't want to hear what he has to say. So, I've got other avenue, other, cha other channels. I'm going to work on. I'm going to do my gaming channel. Have some fun with it. And like I said, I'm partially retired as it is. Um. And move freight. So this is it. This is my last video I'm going to be doing on this channel. You're welcome to subscribe to stay subscribed and just leave it, or you're welcome to unsubscribe. Either way, I'm good. I'm cool with it. I did what I wanted to do with the channel. I got to where I wanted to be. Um, but I couldn't be, I I couldn't, I couldn't give hopium. Right? I had to give the honesty. I had to be me and, and give the truth about it. And it just it's 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 not worth the time sometimes you put into this stuff, to be honest. Um, because, like I said, what, what gets clicks is not what I spew. And I'm good with that. So I do appreciate everybody showing up for this one. Um, if you want to share this one out, like I said, it's the last one. I do think people should hear this because it is extremely important to where we are today. It is extremely important to the future of where you guys are going to end up. Um but unfortunately, this this Mike WM guy in on time trucking is wrong. He's wrong. Um, he is well. He's welcome to protest and all this other stuff. But he's just he needs a little bit more education in the industry. And the last thing I want is anybody telling me what I should be able to make and shouldn't be able to make. I feel I deserve that based on my knowledge and how the service I perform. So that being said, thanks for you guys coming around for uh, for the ride. Um, I do appreciate the guys that did subscribe and listen to all my ranting when I was ranting. Um, but this is it. So for the final one, this is Sage.